Hey everyone, welcome back to the BMX in our blood. Thanks again to Power Spike Shop for continuing to sponsor the podcast. Absolutely check them out anytime you are in the area of Richmond, Virginia. If you want to learn a bit about BMX history, then uh, you'll definitely want to check out Power's shop where uh, Chad Powers has his BMX museum, so Powers BMX Museum, which is just super interesting, and even people that uh, were in it back in the day, like myself, early on, you learn something just going through his collection. It's it's amazing, and also, of course, check out Powers BMX Shop online or on Instagram because he has. A lot, a lot of goods. Uh, I know he was recently at the Virginia, I think it was Lexington, the the uh, the national recently in Virginia vending. So anyone that saw him there has a good idea of, of what's going on as far as expertise and inventory. So check them out and. Uh, Give him, a, give him a shout and let him know that I sent you. So also, I need to ask you guys to keep me motivated and uh, comment and, and like the podcast on uh, whatever whatever way you listen to the podcast, whether it be on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And soon, if I can find some time to, to get it going on Spotify as well, uh, because someone has to pick up the the slack for Joe Rogan, so uh, may as well be me. So anyway, enjoy the podcast and listen in for another pretty fun one that was done with Jesse Gregory, also known as Lil Wolf, I believe, on Instagram. We did a really fun one where Joss, we'll just call her Open Loop Joss co-hosted and it was it was just a fun fun and funny time so uh and a, a great entertaining podcast so that'll be up soon i'm not sure if it's next week or the week after whenever i get to completing it but uh, again thanks for tuning in i really appreciate it and we'll see you all soon thanks 51 and over expert is oh my gosh i yeah. mean it's freaking but it's crazy but I'm not sure which is which is harder, cruiser or expert. When when it's over I don't know. 50. Those older classes are both pretty tough, so they it's are. like it's hard to determine. Yeah, and they kind of haven't stopped. No, no. So that's a that's another like key thing as well. Yeah. So, hang on, let me get to yours. Jesse's was funny, especially with uh, Joss involved. She's she's just. She's a free spirit, that's for sure. Who, Jessie? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We love hanging out with her because she's so young, so she says things and we're like, oh yeah, you're in a different part of life than we are. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. All right, cool. Yeah, we can start. I think all this okay. is going well. I'm picking up enough sound out of you. So, Carly Young. That's me. Welcome <laughs> to the BMX in our blood. So congratulations on your on your uh, wedding, your marriage to Tom Marcus, right? Yep. That's awesome. 
Did you have to use the step stool to like do the to, to do the actual vows? <laughs> no. How did that work out? Or did he stay on his knees the whole time? He just has a really good back and he bends down pretty far. Yeah. How tall is he? Uh, like six four. He's pretty tall. Isn't it crazy that he's such an amazing trail rider and he's tall? Like, yeah. I would think that'd be difficult unless you have I don't know. Being short, I find being short very difficult. So yeah. I feel like the opposite must be easier. <laughs> and the opposite's a track. Yeah, so, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's a, yeah Tom and I are challenge. very, very different. So it's, uh-huh. um, I guess that's like when you find the one you love, it, it all makes sense. But yeah, mm. opposite's definitely a track. We have different personality yeah. types. We're different heights. Right. Uh, we ride different disciplines, but yeah. we're good together. And you appreciate what each other does. Yeah. And this is like the first relationship that I've really had that we both allow each other to be each other. So that's why it works so well. Mm-hmm. So I've learned a lot, you know, being yeah. with him and, you know, I love him. <laughs> oh, man, that's nice. That's super nice. And you guys have been together for a bit, right? Yeah. Uh, when we got married, uh, we actually got married the day before our uh, six-year anniversary. So... It's oh, an easy wow. date. Yeah, yeah. I picked our wedding date based on the full moon, and it happened to be the day before uh, our anniversary. No so. way. Mm-hmm. Was it clear? Clear sky? It was, yep. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, some, some of the best full moons right. suddenly get obscured. Right. You know, when so we were in awesome. Australia, when he proposed two years ago, we mm-hmm. watched the full moon rise. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. No. We were on a beach, and it was huge, and it yeah. was like super magical yeah i mean I've so i had it. to like match that meaning to sure. the wedding in some way that's wow so yeah did you really think about this stuff i did I, cool. I really put a lot of effort into the wedding to make it like absolutely everything that weddings aren't about i wanted it to have meaning and i wanted it to have purpose mm-hmm. and my biggest thing is that i wanted it to be zero waste so uh-huh. uh we were rated 95 percent. we threw away two garbage bags no way. Yeah, we had over like 150 people. So really? everything was composted and recycled and um, that's really what my heart is all about. Like uh-huh. I don't I don't want to make a negative impact in the world. So uh-huh. I was like, I can do it at my wedding because I have control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did not think we'd be talking about recycling. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, that's pretty wild. I didn't even, I had no idea. And when I talked to the lady that has the venue, um, I know this is like not BMX, but oh, I don't uh, care. She was just the more (laughs) the more that you mix in that's not BMX, the better. Okay, it's good. Um, She was just saying that like they have a normal size dumpster that's in the back, and it's full and overflowing every weekend. She's like, it was really refreshing to come and see that like you didn't even. And the only reason there was two garbage bags was because. There were some people that were working the venue that may not have read like that how like strict we were. Right. But everything that we had could either be recycled, composted, or yeah, like all of our silverware, our plateware, our drinkware, everything yeah. was compostable. Okay. Yep. Wow. And it wasn't even that much more expensive. Wow. So That's really yeah, cool. I was pretty excited about it. <laughs> Do you guys you live in Pittsburgh? Right? right. Do you guys have single stream recycling there? Uh, what does that mean? It basically means that everything that is recyclable, yes. you can just dump all into one garbage can. Yes, but so some of the stuff I purposely kind of keep separate, but for the most part, yeah, it's everything goes from one place. But I kind of know what should be recycled and what shouldn't, so mm-hmm. for the most part, the yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and making easy. sure things are washed and, 
you know, right. just being a good neighbor is important. <laughs> no, cap, no caps on bottles, right? Right. I think keeping my, everything loose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm happy to say that our recycling bin is, in, and it's ever since they did single stream, is by far. That's the one that should be picked up weekly, but it's every other week. Right. <laughs> and the garbage is weekly, <laughs> but we have none of garbage. We don't. We have more which recycling. Is Correct. Good. The only thing I'd like to do differently, and I'm sure my wife would too, if we could is compost more but it attracts skunks it around does. our house and, it, and it's it's tough because the skunks get under the porch and mm -hmm. it, it just you know inevitably they end up spraying because of our cat or whatever they yeah they perceive as a threat, right? correct. or that yeah the single stream stuff i'd like to believe everything is done correctly and everything that we put in that yeah. bin is processed appropriately and goes mm -hmm. to the right it goes the right way you know, to be actually recycled and not just thrown out just, because yeah, just like, just discarded. you know. Um, yeah, I lived in Philly for a while as an adult. Like, I grew up there when I was little, but mm -hmm. as an adult, I watched the garbage truck come and throw. We used to have to separate everything. Yeah. And then I watched them throw it in the garbage can. I was uh, just like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore, but mm -hmm. I do. This is rough. Yeah, <laughs> right. It is. Yeah. It is. You want to care, but at the same time, when the people that you're giving the, the recycling to don't care, mm -hmm. it's it's really hard. There is a, a train near us, and we don't have a lot of trains where, where I live. I, I love, live up by Foils, being okay. up in that part of Connecticut. There's a train that is, is one particular track is used just to, just to ship goods, basically from... I believe around the Danbury, Connecticut area, closer okay. to the New York border, um, and basically up through Massachusetts. So it's on the way up, it's bringing up trash. A lot of... You're talking about the garbage barge? Not garbage barge. This okay. is more uh, construction trash from, from New York. So I sh shouldn't say trash. You know, just anything from where they demoed a building right. ends up in a car, in a train car. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of it is brick, stone, just just magically disappears yeah like where are they bring it I'm, i just want to know where they're bringing it That's so all. there's a pretty amazing children's story about the garbage barge which you live up there so i'm sure you're mm -hmm. used to it so you know yeah. the garbage barge that goes like through the rivers in new york so there was this garbage yeah. and nobody it's a children's book it's so funny yeah and they're like we'll take it so all these borders kept saying like we'll take your garbage and the garbage barge would drive to the border and they're like no no yeah. we're good we don't want your garbage and they're like, what are we going to do with this garbage? So the, the moral of the story was is that the garbage barge stayed on the water for like over a month, just trying to get rid of the garbage and it ended up going back to the same point. And it's like based on a true story. Mm -hmm. the, the garbage was overflowing and they didn't know what to do with it. So they like tried to put it on a boat and give it to somebody else and no other port would take it. Yeah. But it's such a good book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and probably good for kids to, to take in. Oh, for sure. Yeah. This is crazy. We could talk recycling the whole night. <laughs> or just sustainability in general. Right. But anyway, I'll ask you the quick question. Just cool. how did you get the BMX in your blood? And, and when? How old were you? So I started racing BMX in 1990. My brother, I have a four-year-older four -year -older brother. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is Bill. And he had a friend that he rode bikes with. His name was Nick Foligno. And he mentioned that there was this like place that you can ride past 95. Mm -hmm. that you could see people jump over the trees and he were like what is, what's that all about so sounds pretty yeah. intriguing so he asked my dad and like growing up in philadelphia sundays are for football 
So my dad was like, a, you know, super diehard Eagles fan, still oh, is. Okay. So when he when wow. he heard about BMX and he wanted to go try it, of uh-huh. course they race on Sundays. Oh yeah. So my dad's like, well, the game doesn't start till blah blah blah. Oh, I God. guess we'll go. Right, and then right, we right. went and. I didn't kind of know what was happening. I was mm-hmm. always like the kid that was like alone for the ride. Like, sure, yeah, I'll go with you. What are you guys doing? Yeah. So I go, it ended up being, I started racing in 90 at Ben Salem BMX okay. in Philadelphia. So that yeah. was my local track. Sure. And we Familiar went. With it. And over the tree jump was the monster double on the second straight. Oh. And if you jumped it, okay. you could see it over top of the trees if you were like, I'm I really bad with that. It's like on the other side of the turnpike. So the turnpike's on like that side where the hotel was. It's on yeah, the other yeah, side. Yeah. They uh, they go to check it out, and everybody's, like, super excited. We get there. I, like, vividly remember this day. Mm-hmm. We got there, and my brother just, like, fell in love with it. Yeah. And he's like, this is really cool. Um, Nick really liked it, and everybody was, like, really stoked. And I'm in the corner making mud pies. Just, like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. being... How old were you? Again? I was, like, I'm six. Sorry. Yeah. I'm okay. just, like, playing with dirt, being, mm-hmm. being a kid. Right. And my dad got... Like, you could see the excitement that he was feeding off my brother. Like, oh, you like this? This is cool. We'll have to get you a uniform. We'll have to get you a bike. And I was like, wait, what? We're getting free stuff? (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to try this sport. And my dad's like, you don't stick with anything. No, we'll we'll see what your brother does. And you're how old? I I mean, I I was a rough kid. I was like, oh, what does this button do, kid? 100% of the time. (laughs) Yeah. So... We ended up going the first day, and my brother, I think we just practiced, and he got, like, a one-day membership, and we kind of, or no, they do the 30-day membership, because it was ABA. Oh, right. So, we ended up going to Guy's Bicycles, and my dad was telling them, like, yeah, my kids are going to get into it, and they're really excited. So, we, like, met the guy behind the counter, and he's like, well, we have a local team. Why don't you guys, like, think about joining our local team? And my dad's like, okay. (laughs) So, we ended up riding for Guy's Bicycles at Ben Uh Salem. And my very first race, I won. Uh-huh. And it was like, you know, I tried dance and I tried cheerleading. I, like, tried all these different sports. And I was just tired of getting told what to do. Right. And as soon as I got BMX and I got to go on the track and I was like, so wait, I can, like, go as many times as I want and I can wear what I want and, like, do what I want. And, like, <laughs> yeah, nobody's right. going to tell me what to do. I think I'm pretty stoked on this sport. Like, mm-hmm. I think I want to do this. So winning first lap was just like key of being over the moon of being like, I'm really good at something and I've just tried it, you know, like I want to keep doing this. So that's pretty wild because how much had you really ridden a BMX bike before your first race? Oh my gosh. I was a terrible bike rider when I was little. Mm -hmm. I was so afraid to turn. Yeah. yeah. I remember my dad trying to teach me how to pedal for the first time and Mm -hmm. I would rather run into a chain link fence than turn my handlebars because (laughs) I had one of those like super sharp like turn your handlebars but it got caught in your shirt and then you fall like really quickly so that was just in my head permanently that like when you turn you crash so don't turn so i was not afraid of speed i would just fully run into fences at Mm -hmm. like my elementary school i would just monster truck into the fence and be like (laughs) it's okay this will slow me down oh my god (laughs) i was not a great rider when i first started and like I always wanted to be my brother. I always wanted to go as fast as he did. Mm-hmm. And he was just really good at everything he did. So yeah. growing up, it was always like this chase of like, Bill's good at skateboarding, I'll be good at skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Bill's good at bikes, I'll be good at bikes. <laughs> and he was four years, four years older. Yeah, he's four years older. Yeah, wow. Which is, you know, 
I'm really thankful that we got to go to Ben Salem that day because yeah. my life would be completely different without BMX. And I'm super thankful for the fact of like, you know, the people that I met when I was six, I'm still friends with. Yeah, you right. know, I, they're their kids either race or they're still like yeah. involved in BMX somehow, mm-hmm. or we're just like friends on social media and I can keep in contact with them. But right. you know, like it's just so crazy the relationships you build in BMX and how far they can go. Oh my gosh, yeah, everybody. And I love BMX because the same it's one track mm-hmm. that you have striders, intermediate, novice, expert, and pros all share the same track. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen in any professional sport. They usually have, if you're a professional anything player, you have your own separate thing. Mm, you know, right. like now I guess we have super cross tracks, so that's like the pros thing. But I like it better when everyone races the same track because yeah. that's BMX. Mm. So it kind of just shows that it doesn't matter if you're three or you're 53 or if you're a, an amazing Olympic athlete. Right. You're all gonna show up on the same weekend and yeah. ride at the same track. Right. So. In the same conditions. Yeah, that's what I love about BMX. I love that every every person can be different. Uh And every every team can be different. Every track can be different. Mm -hmm. And it just works out. Yeah. It all ends up coming together. Probably um, fair to say that you're not a big velodrome fan then. (laughs) So, I've never ridden a velodrome. Uh Uh-huh. Because those are all the same. But fixed fixed gears just make me nervous. You know, like, I just, I coast so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I so don't like to pedal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that makes you a trail. Right. Definitely a trail girl. So, it's, um, like, I've ridden on a concrete velodrome. There's a really cool one by the wheel mill. And that's usually, like, the only place I'll ever ride my road bike. I saw that. Yeah, it's in Highland Park. It's super cool. It's on, if you're heading toward the wheel mill, it's on the it's right. It's on your right, yep. I saw that. Mm-hmm. So they do uh, they road bike races there on Tuesdays. They do? Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, I did a talk at um, the Bike Pittsburgh Women. They have like a women alliance that they mm-hmm. do. So it's like all women, non-binary, everybody can come and you mm-hmm. just learn about cycling. And you learn right. about like what Bike Pittsburgh has going on. And then they brought in all these special ghost coaches and guests and they could kind of talk about what their avenue was. Sure. So I was pretty much there to say... You can ride at Frick Park, you can ride at the wheel mill, you can ride at a skate park, you could ride at the BMX track, and I'm yeah. Carly, and I can help you get to all of those. <laughs> so I met cool. a lot of really cool women there that mm-hmm. were like, we race on Tuesdays, and we do crits, and we do these mm-hmm. circle track races, and we do clinics, and so I was like, I just made a goal that year that I wanted to ride more than BMX, so then I like bought a road bike, and then I right. started riding mountain bikes, and I started meeting different people, and kind of understanding how cycling and coaching works in different cycling disciplines so I could be a better coach and I could be a better mentor and kind of understand how things work yeah yeah but it's been it was cool so I did a couple of those Tuesday night races and I've just my biggest thing I have going on in life right now is like I'm really enjoying sucking at things you know when you do something for 32 years and you're really good at it and you can do it like you're breathing it's really nice to suck at something else and be like, yeah. man, this is really hard. <laughs> so take on different challenges. But like Just... learn the fundamentals and figuring mm-hmm. it out. And I was like, you know, I'm a cyclist. I should be good at this. Right. And I was not. <laughs> I was not oh, good so at you t- So you did take that on. Yeah, in, for in, sure. I started in... riding. I like bought a road bike and uh-huh. would go to the Tuesday night races. And the ladies were like, and you're, it's prob- a crit, you're so you probably going to get lapped and it's okay. And I was like, what if I don't? Like I kind of showed yeah, up like. Right. 
I got my BMX jersey and my half cut helmet. Like, what if I don't? What if I? What if I stay with the pack? I tried a curve once. Too. <laughs> it didn't take many laps before I got lapped. Yeah, and it's the speed it's hard. Was intense. The hard part that they have in their cycling discipline is they have people that do it for real, mm-hmm. and they have people that want to try it, and there's no one in between. So people don't last in the sport because there's no one in between. Like there's no one that's like lasting enough to be the middle group. Mm -hmm. So you're either getting lapped three times in the race or you're not finishing. So like there was a couple girls that were behind me that just didn't finish the race. And I was like, you only had two more laps. Like, (laughs) come on, you did three quarters of the race. Like just finish. But everybody's different. I understand that. Right. (laughs) So that's your latest passion. No, I was just what I did a couple years ago. Yeah. Oh, you're done with it? Not done with it. I still have my road bike. I just... Yeah. You just don't do the weekly... No, because it ended up being a problem because I like to go to the track on Tuesdays. And then that's the only day that they do that. So if it rained, I would go to the road bike race instead because the track would cancel. Um, But yeah, I haven't done that in a couple years. So, But it's been fun. What brought you to Pittsburgh then? Tom. Because we're in Philly. Oh, Tom, Tom right. But okay. Got it. So he had been there. I was living in North Carolina when I met Tom mm-hmm. and I had just adopted my dog and was mm-hmm. really excited about, you know, buying a house and staying in North Carolina in Charlotte area. And when I met Tom, he had a house. <laughs> I was like, it's kind of hard to ask you to like <laughs> sell your house and like move to Pittsburgh or move to North Carolina. Right. And like right. he has the trails there. So there's just, there's a lot keeping him in Pittsburgh. So trails at the house. The ones that are we have trails at the house, and then he has his own set of trails. So, uh, okay. yeah. So it's so like we need to like yeah. Super lip on that one. Okay. <laughs> all right, because I thought I had seen all the trails in, in uh, the Pittsburgh area, but apparently I may not. We have, have. A, we have a lot of trails in Pittsburgh, and it's mm-hmm. cool. We have a really good crew of people mm-hmm. that are like starting their own. So mm-hmm. we were always really worried that the younger generation wasn't going to keep. Yeah. Our dirt passion alive, but right. thankfully we have the Hallahans that are the oh perfect gosh, yeah. example of what kids need to be doing with their backyards. <laughs> Don't you love them? I, I mean, do. It's... So Shane's the reason that Tom and I met. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. We're going to bring Shane into this as Shane, for that reason? Shane told our story at our wedding because Shane is 100% responsible for the reason that Tom and I are together. No way. Yep. I've got to hear this. Yeah. It's a good story. So... Nate and Luke were in California. Yeah. And Shane's like, because so when Shane was really little, Shane thought I was his cousin. <laughs> so because I stayed at their house so often and I was in Pittsburgh so often, he's like, you think you can hit up our cousin and see right. if she can come ride with us. <laughs> and Jen's like, for sure, I'll hit up Carly and see what she's doing. She's usually on tour. We'll see what happens. And... I had just let Tom know that I was like going to be in town because we had been trying to get the dogs together to like have a you know a play date whatever. Right. And Shane was like, um, well, "Why don't you come hang out? We'll go ride the wheel mill." So I like set up a time to go ride with Tom at the wheel mill, and I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna bring Shane. Like, we'll have the Hal Halland clan. Like, it'll be cool, you know." Mm-hmm. And then uh, Shane's like, "As soon as I get there, he's like, I want to take you someplace." So we end up going to this like Dave and Buster's the outdoor like. You like buy tickets and you can go like oh, yeah, drive yeah. go karts and things mm-hmm. like that. So we start playing and we're playing all these games. We like stop for lunch and we're still uh-huh. playing. And I was like, so when are we like gonna go ride? Right. And right. Shane's like, I'm okay. Like let's do one more ride. And I'm like looking at Jen like I gotta go. Like Tom's yeah. at the wheel mill. <laughs> right. And we ended up. Uh, 
I ended up being like two and a half hours late to meet Tom. Yeah. And he's like super punctual. So it's it's oh, pretty man. funny. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's pretty funny. Continuing the opposite track. And Shane's just like, nah, I don't want to go. And I'm like, okay, well, I have to get back to your house. I have to get all of my stuff. I have to right. get my dog. I have to go to the wheel mill. And I showed up and thankfully he was like cool with the fact that I was really late and it all worked out. But yeah, if Shane would have never asked me to come to Pittsburgh, I probably wouldn't have came back that summer because like my summer tour was yes. taking me elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just like that perfect meet cute of like, mm-hmm. and then of course I'm like texting Mike, who is this dude? Should I hang out with this dude? And Mike's like, you should hang out with this dude. <laughs> That's what he said. Yep. You and I was like, okay, Mike, <laughs> I'll hang out with this dude. <laughs> you got to trust the Patazzi. No, yeah. not Mike Patazzi, Mike Callahan. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So I, te- right. I, was, I was chatting with Mike Callahan and he was like, absolutely. Because they're both guys that would say that. Both um, Mike's. For sure. For sure. <laughs> right. And the, Mike Patazzi is actually the one who is our officiant at our wedding. So. I was going to ask you that because I thought... I heard something about you know, the, the person that married you being, being. I wasn't sure it was Mike, mm-hmm. but and someone he, that was he in like really did his due diligence about you know like he's kind of the perfect person to do the job because he knows me individually mm-hmm. and he knows Tom individually before we met, so he like knows who I am mm-hmm. and he knows who Tom is and then right. like as we're together he now knows who we are, so yeah. it was he was the perfect per- person for the job. Oh, that's it is really wild. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love Pittsburgh. I really do. Pittsburgh's awesome. Yeah. We're getting a lot of criticism right now because of our bridges. But we have like 150 bridges. Like some of them are going to be bad. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But like Frick Park Bridge just crashed. And it's like really broken. Fifty in one city? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know there's three rivers. I get it. There's, so there would be a lot of bridges, but... Oh, we have a ton but of bridges. you're talking about a ton of bridges over you know, like tributaries and different, you know, different, mm-hmm. you know. But they're main, usually wherever there's a bridge, it's a main artery to get to the different town. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have oh, gotcha. we have a decent amount of water in Pittsburgh. <laughs> is the tunnel good again? I thought there was something going on with the tunnel. Oh, I hope not. Point. The tunnel is the worst. Yeah. For some reason, people have like a depth recession problem and they always hit their brakes before you go in the tunnel and it just makes you like want to throw darts at their car. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please go faster? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. It's wild. I just know that when I go to Pittsburgh, I usually stay at um, Isaac's house, Ground Chuck's. Right. So, and he, you have to go through the, the tunnels and then work your way over toward him because I think he's over by South Park, I think. Okay, yeah. Out so you have to go through the Liberty Tunnel. To, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so um, anyway. And as it turns out, and I don't care how many people have heard this on this podcast before, but... Um, that's where my dad's from. My dad was born in Pittsburgh, oh, as, cool. as well as my aunt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my grandparents are, are buried in the cemetery, uh, just the cemetery that's attached to Hazelwood. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's, it's wild. The There's a lot of connections. And my dad grew up in a house. This is wild. This was Women's Weekend, uh, a year that I brought uh, a woman named, um, her first name's Heather. So. Oh, I remember that year. Yeah. Okay. So I brought her. Yep. And so I had time to kill. So I went to find my dad's street sure. that he lived on. So my my aunt keeps great records of everything. So she had given me the street. Turns out that he grew up less than two miles away from the wheel mill. No way. I'm not kidding. What it a was, small world. I'll ha- I'll get the street for you at, at some point and I'll, I'll uh, 
And you'll you'll see it on the map. You'll be like, what the hell? Like it was. It's I'll, such I'll a... have to give you this Instagram page to follow. It's called uh, Historic Pittsburgh. Okay. And I think you'd appreciate that because if they have they had like a whole thing about the wheel mill, mm-hmm. it would be cool to see what the neighborhood was like when you lived there. Yeah. Yeah. That the the page the Instagram page is really cool. My aunt was very familiar with the building. That's awesome. Yeah. So she very familiar knowing that it was a business it was i don't know i don't remember what she said about it but i'll, I'll definitely check out what that's awesome me. yeah so there's a lot of uh, pittsburgh connections but it's 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 not the reason i i love pittsburgh although it's a nice little extra that my family mm-hmm. half of my family is from there right so uh it's, it's it's pretty pretty cool it just makes pittsburgh even more special for me but pittsburgh's special for me because everyone in bmx that i know that's from pittsburgh is 100% like the, the, the best. They're Aww. just the nicest people. I just. We have a really good crew in Pittsburgh. You like, do. You definitely do. We, we don't really have any bad seeds or anybody that like doesn't fit. And mm-hmm. when, you, when you find someone that like tries to come into the area, come into the group, you're like, yeah. Right. We're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and then you get some good diversity too. And, and the person I think that. Uh, really pushes the diversity in general. A guy that really projects and, and like really shows people in a photography way is uh, Murphy, Murphy right. Machetta. Mm-hmm. He, he's really good at showing the diversity of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. in, a, in such a positive light. So it's it's really cool. So Yeah, he, he does a really good job about caring. And I yes. think that's what yeah. we see so much in his work mm-hmm. is that he really does care about what he does. And, you know, when he's at a women's event or just like at the mill or even at the trails, you know, he just, mm-hmm. he has a smile on his face and it's not fake and no. he's got love in his heart, you know, like he's just, he's a good dude. He is. He's he a really, really good dude. Is. Yeah. And he's always doing something to kind of help, you know, just kind of put the word out there mm-hmm. through images about yeah where the sport's going and what's happening. And he does a great job about recapping when you have an event. Oh, absolutely. He does a great job with that, and he does a great job with other things going on in the city. Was there a march recently? It may have been. Uh, oh yeah, he was. He did a lot of stuff with the Black Lives Matter stuff. Okay, that's yeah. what it was. Okay, yeah, I remember him being uh, just just putting some of it out on on social media through Instagram. What's up? Who is that? What's Hi. going on? We're doing our podcast. Yes. Who's down there? Well, we just didn't know what was going on. We're doing the podcast. <laughs> Who's are, we, are we interrupting? You no. are interrupting. Well, yeah, no. Interrupting it's... cow, moo. Moo. <laughs> okay, sorry, bye. <laughs> so, in case people don't know, was that uh, Corey and Jesse? Yes. So, Corey Coffee and uh, Jesse Gregory, top of the stairs. I'm trying to start crap. <laughs> it's not going to work. I've got their numbers now, so it's easy. Not phone numbers, though. Um, <laughs> So anyway, that's really cool. I did, and I won't talk Pittsburgh all night, but something that I had to jot down really, really quickly is is when you started to talk about touching on the subject of, of training, training and doing clinics and getting people involved in BMX. Where did you get the confidence to do it? To 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 be an advocate and a leader and and all the good things that are, need to be done but it takes a special kind of person to do it. So, so where, where did you get that? Because you, you have it and yeah. it's important to do what you're doing. If mm-hmm. you don't have it, it's it's a lot harder, right? Right. Yeah, where 
did that come from? So it's 100% my dad's fault. <laughs> so when I was... It's a good fault. Yeah, 13, my dad saw that I had a really good way with words and being able to like effectively communicate what I currently know to other people to help them. So whether it was like bouncing in the gate or pumping or jumping or... Right. I, I had good vocabulary that people and good analogies that people just kind of picked up on and understood. So my coaching journey started when I was 13 at Howe. So that's in Howe, New Jersey. Yeah. And my clinics used to start as we would just have an all girls day. And usually it was like girls that don't race or sisters or moms. Mm -hmm. And we would do like an hour's worth of coaching. Uh -huh. We'd eat pizza and we'd do arts and crafts. So that's how like my coaching journey started. Yeah. And it was just because I, I always have really good people that surround me within BMX. Like I, I haven't really been burned by too many people in BMX and right. I think that's why I've been in the sport for so long. Mm -hmm. But I I have people that like see my value, uh -huh. even though sometimes like I don't see like what I'm doing is important. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, You should keep doing this. And then in two thousand nine it was Glenn Knapper at Pottstown. Oh, okay. That was like, I really want to start doing more girl days. Right. And I want someone to kind of lead it. And that was like with the podcast that you did with Peyton. Yes. You know, like Peyton was at my very first Ride Like a Girl clinic. Oh, no way. And I taught her how to balance in the gate. And oh I had gosh. a conversation with her father and was, was like, so wild. there's something yeah. really special about your daughter mm -hmm. and how she interprets and listens to what I'm saying. She li She gets it. And if you decide to stay in the sport, mm -hmm. like, she's going to be somebody. I promise. Like, I see something in her. Yeah. I know it. And he was just, like, the most modest person ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's good. We're, we're having fun with it. You know? Yeah. Like, we'll see where the sport takes us. And right. So, I got pretty emotional when I saw that, you know, Ariel became her coach. And mm -hmm. then she had ended up making the Olympic team. And gotcha. it was just, you know, full circle to, like to take a second and just be like you know that's really it's really cool to see that that you can like help someone balance in the gate and then yeah. she's at the yeah. olympics and she's just a testament mm -hmm. that like if you are willing to do the work you can go anywhere you want within bmx right. which is really cool yeah with it being an independent sport you don't get a trophy for participating right. you know you gotta you gotta do the work you gotta make the main mm -hmm. so I ended up starting Ride Like a Girl in 2009 because it was so successful. Uh -huh. And just having females that were already racing that mm -hmm. I could coach and I noticed an impact immediately. Uh -huh. And Glenn's like, we should keep doing this. Yeah. So then I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. I guess I'll like start a company. But this is I'm that just, yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I'm so bad about doing stuff for myself. Yeah. That's why like Ride Like a Girl is like, so <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I just, I want to be somebody uh -huh. in their life that I wish I would have had when I was younger. So I never had an interest in going to the Olympics. I never had an interest of like being a pro that won every race. Like I never wanted my life to completely revolve around sure. training. Not so much racing. Right. I just want to ride my bike. I don't want to be heavily involved into a training program that it, right. you know, removes the fun from why I do it. So it's almost like a job. It it is, but it, at the same time, like I had a really great fifteen year pro career. 
and I made a decent living. And I, didn't I like, know that. yeah, traveled, I mean, the, yeah, traveled the world. I knew you race pro, but I didn't know you did you know, for 15 years. Anyway, sorry. Taught clinics and kept myself going, and I had great sponsors and great people that supported me. But just knowing that, like, I could be, I could always be the person that kind of is helping the next person become the next pro yeah. is it's just so inspiring that you have that control you know and, and that people would put trust in you that you're going to be the person that's going to help them achieve their goals mm -hmm. so you know I, I feel honored if the athletes that I work with and mm -hmm. you know watching them compete watching them win from novice intermediate to expert and then they're like consistently winning nationals mm -hmm. and you know they're coming home with night plates and I'm getting tagged in the photos and it's like oh, no way. you know it's, nice. it's cool it's 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 really inspiring because now my biggest goal is that there's not enough coaches <clears throat> and I understand like you mentioned you kind of have to have it but it's it's really not that hard it's no harder than taking like a pottery class you don't know anything about pottery you take a class you learn how to do pottery you teach someone how to do pottery and then you know how to effectively do pottery because you taught someone else how to do it right so I really want to try to you know build that mentoring ship pro program with mm -hmm the kids that I currently work with sure. for them to be coaches. Yeah. And I've had like really good success with, you know, Tommy Bruni. I've worked with Tommy for the past six years. Uh -huh. And I ended up having a race <clears throat> and I wasn't gonna be back in town in time. So I was just like, man, like it would be great if I could just have someone else do this clinic for me because like, uh, I'm like not emotionally gonna okay. be able to like be there tomorrow cause sure. like I'm gonna be exhausted from getting home so late. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to Tommy and I was like, hey, how would you feel about, you know, coaching these kids mm -hmm. at this, you know, this night race? Like, would you be, like the night of practice, would you be right. okay with it? Like just being the person that they can look up to and they can mm -hmm. ask questions to, would you be comfortable with that? And he nailed it. He like yeah. fully killed it. He did so good. Yeah. And then another scenario was I do this beginner academy at Westmoreland mm -hmm. and I double booked myself and put myself in two different spots. I was supposed to be doing beginner academy, but then I was like in Colorado and I'm like, so this isn't going to work and I don't want to cancel it because we only, we had like eight weeks of coaching for beginner academy and then eight weeks of coaching to the open public and then another beginner academy. Uh -huh. So if I cancel it, it's going to mess up the next set of what's happening mm -hmm. so I like reached out to another kid Jonathan Manns and was like would you be interested in mm -hmm. coaching these you'll have like four or five kids right. they're all brand new just kind of get them around the track safely sure. and he ended up doing the entire clinic in the rain so like I have really? done a good enough job to show these kids that like mm -hmm. you don't quit and you, you gotta you gotta show up and you gotta be there yeah. for kids and they they both nailed it so it's Wow. I know what I'm doing is working. I know mm -hmm. what I'm doing is going to take the next generation further mm -hmm. and that they're going to be able to succeed and the kids that they surround themselves with and make their circles with, sure. they're going to succeed because mm -hmm. they have the right mindset. Like they're taking the mindset that I've taught them and, and going wherever they want with it, whether yeah. they take the lessons to life, whether they take the lessons to BMX. Sure. But I just love seeing that people are also giving back because of what mm -hmm. I've given them. Yeah. So yeah. it's like that's the full circle for me. That's making a difference times right. two. Mm -hmm. You know, which is funny because I have a tattoo that says make a difference. <laughs> that Mason Ritter did. <clears throat> yeah, so, Mason did our tattoos because. Oh, he did? Yep. We got tattoos on our wedding day because Tom is a mechanic, he's a technician. Mm -hmm. And 
he'll dangerous. Lose his, he'll lose his hand if he has a ring. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I just think the whole jewelry thing is, is lame on guys, but mm-hmm. he's like, I think it'd be cool. We'll put it a part of our ceremony. So right I before, should do that. right before we started a party, we sat down and I was like, Mason, I want you to do it. <laughs> oh, he's the best. He's just. Mason's such a good human. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I, I got it while we were doing podcasts. Yep. Yeah, it was so cool. It was great. Murphy was part of that too. Murphy <laughs> was there to do the spell check, so <laughs> it was it was funny. I'm telling you, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh people are amazing. They're great. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, the part that I I may have missed it, but where did you get the confidence? Because let's face it, I hear I hear, and I'm sure you hear, and a lot of us, and I've been there. It's people get very anxious with public speaking, with lead, with being uh, a leader. Like you asked mm-hmm. the two boys to, to lead these clinics. There's not a lot of people that are super comfortable. And, and the more you talk to people, it's it's a a challenge for more people than you realize it is. Right. So, so I'm interested in it because of that. Because I want people to hear like you don't necessarily need to be a public speaker, but you need to be you need to worry less about it right so you don't let it consume you and and, and hold you back right so i guess it comes down to my it, it's just my personality type to be a giver mm-hmm. so it's very easy for me to give it's very hard for me to take yeah. so being a coach and being an advocate and mm-hmm. doing things for others comes very easy so i'm just i'm really good at that so your mind is focused so much on the giving mm-hmm. that you're less uh, you're feeling less self-conscious and less anxious about the actual delivery. Right. So I usually, like, okay. most of my stress about having an event or doing something is just, mm-hmm. you know, I always want to make sure that the that the vibe and the experience goes further than the event. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, like, yesterday I, like, gave an opening speech and Tasha was like, you know, you're right. And and we need to like stop for a moment and be present and like just focus on the event because it's easy to get caught up in life. So I've been doing a lot of reading lately about just like being present and being here and being now and like yeah. our lives are so consumed with technology or like busy schedules and it's hard, it's really hard to like just not take a moment to like just breathe. Even like this weekend is a perfect example. When I... I had two hours of coaching this morning, or three hours of coaching this morning, and it yeah. was twelve thirty, and I had gone over thirty minutes on my clinic, and I yeah. was like, "Okay, ladies, like I'm all done. Right. I, I I'm gonna be here all day. Like, thank you guys so much for coming." Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I went to go walk away, like four other people tried to start conversations with me, and I was like, "I have to eat food." Right, right. And then I was like, "I'm gonna be real blunt with you. If I don't walk away right now, like." I'm going to eventually pass out. I can't talk to any more people. Right, I think right, it's right. great you want to have a conversation with me. I want to go eat lunch. So mm-hmm. I locked myself like in a room in the lounge and then like someone came and got me and they're like someone's looking for you. Awesome. I'm going to eat some lunch because I'm a human and it requires me to intake calories in order to continue to function. Yeah, they yeah. can wait. <laughs> so it's hard when you're a giver because you will just give until you're completely empty. Yeah. But I've learned with being with Tom, he is like the best boundaries of anybody I've ever met. And I've learned to say no and like not feel bad about it. So like today was like a perfect example. And I was like so proud of myself that I was like, awesome story. 
cool to catch up. Gotta go. I have to eat food. <laughs> and I just yeah, right, like right, walked right. away. And it, you know, it all ended up working out. But yeah, I'm sure. It's and overwhelming. And if they wanted to, they can catch it later <laughs> on. They can catch after lunch. It's so overwhelming yeah. sometimes. But I understand. I, this weekend was hard because, you know, this event really kind of got lost in the planning stages with Nina and I of just let's yeah. make sure that there's something for everyone. Sure. Let's make sure that this event doesn't skip a year. Let's just keep it going. Uh-huh. So, and not, like, not a lot of people wanted to coach or, like, step up or do a jam or do anything. And I just reminded Nina that, like, none of that matters. Nobody comes to Women's Weekend for the prize table. Nobody no. comes. No, definitely Like, they not. come for the energy. They come to, like, watch other people ride. Mm-hmm. They come to see what's possible. So, we just need to remember that. Mm-hmm. So, we just did the best we could to kind of plan the event to just make it accessible to people and like we're super thankful for rays like to be able to let women ride for three days straight like there is zero excuse why people shouldn't be here they they we've made it bulletproof for people to come and try rays as a woman and, and just to clarify for the people listening the women that participated in women's weekend rode for free all three days all three days yes Huge thanks. We to never Ray asked for that. Them. That was just them because mm-hmm. they had realized that nobody stepped up to kind of like plan the event. They still wanted to have something. So we're really appreciative to that. Mm-hmm. But there's really no reason why people shouldn't have showed up today. Right. So we tr- that all we can do is try. All we can do is make it available and try. And being able to have the park closed is so huge. Yeah. It's yeah. so huge because. It's a it, big deal for them. It's a big, you know. It a, really is because I had coaching today and the general public was there mm-hmm. and there was some really like not nice said things that were said because I was taking up a little bit of their time. Mm-hmm. All I asked them to do was I wanted all of my girls to drop in at the same time so I could watch them and I knew that they were going to be safe. I wanted to protect them. And this one little teenage kid just couldn't wait. So I walked up and was very honest with them that, like, I have the power to remove the wristband from your hand. What else do you got to say? Right. I'm not playing games with you right now. You know, like, I'm not telling you you can't ride. I'm not closing down the line. I just want them to ride as a group, and I want you to wait a second because if you don't wait, I know you're going to go on the opposite side of where they're riding, and you're going to pass them in the turn, and it's really scary when you're just trying to figure something out. And it's 100% a reason why people don't ride. Like, women especially don't ride parks because there are certain people that have entitlement issues when they come to a skate park that they feel because they are local that they have a say and they can tell you what to do. And and it's not true. Like, why wouldn't you want... I had 13 women trying a jump line today. Why would... Who wouldn't want that? Right. It's very silly when you think about it now. But all I got was very protective and heated at this kid that was yelling at me because I was asking him to wait a minute. Like, race is huge. I don't know the square footage on race, but like, go ride someplace else for five minutes. But on the meantime, an Mm -hmm. hour ahead of that, I closed an entire beginner jump line Mm -hmm. to have the girls ride on it. Not one person complained. Mm -hmm. Not one person mentioned anything. Now, it wasn't obviously the busier part that I took the girls to, but, mm-hmm. you know, they yeah. paid for my time, and I wanted to give them an experience. Right. And I really didn't think that asking people to wait a second was such a big deal. Right. But obviously to that kid, it was such a big deal. Well, but if that kid was that good, go ride they, the middle or the big line. Right. 
<laughs> it, thankfully, it's one kid. He's he's in the minority. But it one. really wasn't. There but, was a lot of girls today that were in tears, and it was always uh, because it was someone's comment about them not being fast enough or being in the way. And I had to keep reminding people when they were crying today mm-hmm. that we belong here. We all got entry to come into the same building. We can all share the same space. And if you were an experienced rider at all, you would look ahead and see, mm, maybe I shouldn't drop in so I can have my best line. Right. But instead, you'd rather drop in behind someone who is now panicking in front of you and right. pulls off to the side to let you go around and you still have words. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Where, where is the kindness gone? Like, why don't people want women to ride? It's so confusing. You're stoked when we do these events and you like the picture on Instagram, but you show up to the event and you complain that there's slow people on the trail. Like, come on. Yeah. You gotta meet us halfway. Like, we're trying. It's, it, it, I'd like to believe that it's, we're talking about the minority here because I think the majority for sure is really excited about about women riding yeah. and the opportunities to, for women to learn from people that are that are patient, good teachers. Um, you know, it's done out. It's done at trails. Mm-hmm. I, you guys do it at trails. You do it at, at indoor parks. Uh, you obviously do it at racetracks too. I think the majority of people do it. Really, really appreciate it and and like to see it. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be some. There's always going to be some group that yeah, really... Yeah, it's just so frustrating. I felt attacked when that kid yelled at me yeah. today because, like, it's my job as a coach to make mm-hmm. sure that these girls don't get hurt. Right. Because as soon as they get hurt, mm-hmm. they'll never ride again. You're right. So why can't you just, like, take a breath mm-hmm. and just wait a second? And I got... I was honest with that kid, mm-hmm. you know? But... Yeah. I think people just need to do a little reflection sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're real quick to... Uh, oh. <laughs> you're real quick to judge a situation when you don't know the full story and then you learn the full yeah. story and you feel real bad mm-hmm. just just don't judge for a second right just like take the situation for what it is and just wait a minute yeah but yeah. I guess we're not all on that same page no but you know and if enough people if enough people start to realize that that's happening I think I think people will uh, be a little more vocal about reminding these people that Hey, the, the, this is the this is the repercussion of what you're doing. Right. It's not you personally. It's it's, and I didn't even know what uh, that this was happening. We talked a little bit about it when we were riding before earlier today. But I had no idea it was bringing girls to women oh, for to sure. tears for sure, and, and that's awful. And I think you're exactly right. I think if it starts off that way, they're not coming back. I'm I'm around kids all the time, and mm-hmm. when you're around young children and something happens and one of the kids makes the other kid cry. You know, like I used to teach daycare. The best medicine is to have them stand in front of each other and just explained your actions made this happen. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I feel like once you get past that toddler stage and your brain starts to develop a little bit more, Mm -hmm. no one ever pulls you back in and says like, hey dude, you just did this. Yeah. Like, because I feel if I would have brought that girl back up who was crying and put Mm -hmm. it in that little kid's face, who made that girl feel so unwanted that she shouldn't belong and she shouldn't be here, that she, you're gonna bring her to tears. But the thing is, is like, part of me would have never put her in that situation because if I would have brought her back in front of that kid, what if he would have laughed at her? 
Like, I don't know if I would have lost my cool. I don't know if she would have lost her cool. I don't know if it would have been the right scenario to do. Sure. But if you can't physically understand that, like, your actions are really hurtful to somebody else. Sure. And it's not a, oh, don't worry about it type thing. It'll ha- it'll move on. No, that person's never going to ride a bike again because mm-hmm. you just decided to be mean. And for what? Like, what did it get you? Where, where are you going to go with it? What are you going to do with it? You're just going to be mean? You're just going to walk around and be the kid that's mean to everybody all the time? Right. Like, I don't know. Life's too short to be angry all the time. <laughs> and there was a lot of angry people today. There was people that were angry because it was so busy. Like, it's Women's Weekend. There's people that are available to ride yeah. for free. Go to Pittsburgh. Go to the wheel mill if you want to ride a place that's not as busy. Like, right. Right. everybody comes and rides Rays when we have our Women's Weekend there. Sure. Why? I just don't understand. Why would you choose this weekend to come? <laughs> I don't understand because our, our Connecticut guys did choose this weekend and uh, to the best of my knowledge they, they didn't bring well one of them for sure Ben Ashenson right. brought his daughter Callie uh, which is great which is that's always rewarding for everybody but that, like that so here's Callie the opposite and, of yeah. the discussion that we're having about yeah. people being mean to females who are riding mm-hmm. you have I bet you all of those guys from Connecticut are coming because of the vibe that our event does bring to the park and how yeah. inspiring it is to drop in behind someone that you're riding the same line with that right. is hard and it is technical. So those people wow. that you were talking about, the majority of being mean, mm-hmm. the people that are coming from Connecticut are the exact opposite because right. Ben has been nothing but supportive in my racing career. You know, mm-hmm. and I used to ride for Ben when he ran Stampede. Oh, right, right. So, yeah. and like Callie's going to ride for the race team this year and, you know, so it's, it's those type of people that kind of keep me going. Oh, yeah. Not absolutely. the kid at the park today that I almost took his wristband off. Right. You know, right. it's just. Right. I don't know. So, I yeah, just, maybe that's why. Why do we have to protect people? Yeah, why can't they right. just ride? Right. It's so silly. Yeah. I do. It, well, at least the people I surround myself with um, are, are absolutely pro, pro Women's Weekend. Kind of just. 100%, right. Yeah. It's. But, you know, I. Try to surround myself positive with positive people, all the time, <laughs> just good people. So, in me, for all I saw today, fortunately, I'll, I'll tell you, fortunately, what I witnessed today was there's a lot of women out there riding, and it was always a, a very conscious, uh, you know, whoever was around was always very aware of where women were and not cutting in front of them, making sure they had space, not going too close behind them. You know, whatever the story was, so it's. Uh, I, I saw a lot well, of. I'm kindness. glad that's what you saw, because that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. That makes me know that there are people that came to the event this weekend that oh left gosh. with a good experience. Yeah. Because the experiences I had today were not great. No. <laughs> and uh, what what I did, and I I'm, I would imagine, I would hope, uh, a bunch of other male riders or experienced female riders. Uh, I made a point to say, hey, can we do a couple laps together? Yeah. Let's go do some laps. Right. You know, and it's people that I had either met the day before or maybe at dinner last okay. night. Okay, right. Um, I, I, think, I think her name was Jackie. That, uh, oh, JC. What was it? JC. JC or Jackie? She lives over in Toledo? Oh, maybe, maybe I don't know who you're talking about. So I didn't know that she was, she participated in Women's Weekend. I just knew she was there to ride. Mm-hmm. I knew that part for sure. 
So when I saw her today, I was like, let's do some laps. Right. And then when I saw Kelly, Kelly, let's go do some laps. Right. You know, it, to me, it, it's far And more I will important. say, like, what you did today may not feel like it's much just asking someone, but, mm-hmm. like, the feeling of being included in anything mm-hmm. is so powerful. You know, like, I recently did a race where I thought I was going to be a part of a group. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the group had started, I realized that we weren't on the same pace and I got separated from the group mm-hmm. and I became very vulnerable because I had a different picture in my head than the rest of the people that I was with. Mm-hmm. But because I'm not the per I'm not the type of person that leaves people behind. Right. I was offended when it happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that the experience happened. Right. And I'm glad that the situation occurred because I'm not used to feeling that void of being left out of something because everybody invites me to everything and I'm always included in everything. Mm -hmm. So having that experience of feeling that strong, like unwanted, no, we're good. We're going to like, you know, being left behind, it, it makes me stronger. Mm -hmm. It makes me understand that there's other people out there and like, if I'm to do the event next year, I want to have the biggest group possible that knows that we're going to do it as a team Mm -hmm. and that there's not going to be a drop and that you are loved and you are welcome because I don't want anybody to ever feel what I felt last week. Yeah. That was awful, you know, and Mm -hmm. I want people to be stoked on bikes because bikes have given me so much. Mm -hmm. I have traveled around the United States. I've traveled around the world all because of a silly bike like if you would have told me when i was six that i'd be going to australia in 2009 to race the world championships or going to you know colombia medellin colombia to race mariana pajon's personal track Mm -hmm. in 2015 i'd have been like yeah yeah cool story but those things happened you know Mm -hmm. and like being able to have those experiences is why i want people to fall in love with bmx because if they choose to go to Worlds, they can choose to go to Worlds. Right. If they want to race locally and stay local, they can. If they mm-hmm. only want to ride the skate park, that's that's an option too. If you want right. to only play in dirt, like there's so many different ways that you can play with it. You can right. go flatland, you can go street, mm-hmm. you can literally do anything on two wheels. You can be a bike commuter, you can ride mountain bikes, you know? Right. So the possibilities are endless when you really think about it. And I just want people to have that. Because there's a lot of sure. people that are I call them normal people Mm -hmm. that have like normal jobs and no hobby and all they do is like work and Mm -hmm. hopefully have a dog but you know people people need to understand that like this sport could change your life yeah it really could it can take like a kid who's not doing well in school and make him an a student it can make a troubled youth kid into a more scared straight type program sure so I just want to share that with people and understand that, like, mm-hmm. this is a great sport that can teach you that you don't have to be alone. Right. That you don't have to feel left out. You know, like, I know that USA BMX's thing is that, like, no one sits the bench. And mm-hmm. yes and no, that's kind of true. I mean, everybody gets to sign up and race. Right. But not everybody makes the main. Yeah. But it is true that, like, you can do as little or as much with you want with the sport. You can sure. spend as little or as much with you want with the sport. Yeah. yeah. So... That's really unique. If you ra- if you do baseball or soccer mm-hmm. and you don't go to practice, you don't play the game. 
If you don't decide to go to practice at BMX track, you're just not going to win when you come to the race, but like you don't get penalized because of that. Right. So, yeah. That's why I love BMX Mm -hmm. because the people that I grew up racing with, I'm still friends with, and like their kids now race. So Mm -hmm. you're seeing that full circle. But cycling is, you know, literally in my blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. That's why I chose the name for this podcast, because it's so true. And, and, you know, I'm starting to say it more often in the podcast, believe it or not. It, it just, I'm starting to use the name you'd think I would have done this a long time ago. But, um, you know, asking people how they get the BMX in their blood. I knew, you know, that it's so true. The, the title of the podcast, the name of the podcast is... is the important thing is that it, it's true and I hope people identify with exactly what you're talking about because it's people are in this because something happened along the way someone someone kept you interested and propped you up and kept you motivated and, right. and didn't let you f- fall down and not not uh, literally but uh, someone kept you encouraged yeah they made it accessible mm-hmm. yeah so there's there's always good people out there. I mean, and yeah, BMX brings you all kinds of places, like into uh, Nina Petrarca's basement where we are right, right now. I mean, <laughs> who would have thought I'd be in Nina Petrarca's basement and not uh, interview, interview, hey, Cleveland, Ohio. interviewing Carly Young? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a little different, but you know. Hey, it's working out. We got two crazy dogs upstairs and a bunch of girls that are about to get ready for dinner, and it's oh, yeah. wild upstairs. No, it's I, nice and calm down here. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it. I think it's funny. Right. You know, that, you know this, this is where BMX has brought me. Nina Petrago's basement. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, it It's all good stuff. I mean, really good stuff. So, uh, before we move on to a couple other things. So, Ride Like a Girl and Ride Like a Girl is separate from Women's Weekend, or is it? Uh, do you use the name for, for both? How does that how does that work out? So essentially Ride Like a Girl, right now the main thing is is coaching is me. So mm-hmm. I am Ride Like a Girl. I am, you know, the person that's just trying to put more females on bikes. Mm-hmm. So I have my own event at Pittsburgh. Uh, it's March 26th, 27th. So that's done at the Wheel Mill. So it's pretty similar to what we do here at Ray's. But Ray's Women's Weekend is just Ray's Women's Weekend. Sure. So they are like the official, like Nina started it so many years ago. And it just kind of tossed through hands a couple times. But, you know, she was the true ambassador of the one that was like, I just want this. This is is what I'm envisioning. I want Mm -hmm. women to all come. I want to close the park down. Yeah. And to see like where it's gone today is is truly inspiring so i started my women's event at the wheel mill because i kept doing these other women's events and they're so mountain bike derivative and they're so one direction of like they're just coaching these type of things and i was like there's nothing really advanced about all these women's events i'm going to like everything's beginner yeah so I started getting invited to go to more coaching programs so I could bring an advanced level of coaching to the event. And as I started doing that, and I was like, why don't I just get all my homies together and I'll make my own event? So I'm really fortunate about living in Pittsburgh because I have such a good connection with Harry and Mike at the wheel mill. And when I brought it up to them, they were like, hands down, yes. Like, we could totally use this. So Harry always does a really good job with... 
uh, ladies' nights on Mondays. He's like a big supporter of getting women on bikes. And, and his are mostly mountain bikes, right? Yes and no. Um, when it first started, I would come on Mondays, and, like, there was unicycle people there. So No way. Yeah, I, like, learned how to ride a unicycle at my first women's weekend because Mike was trying to get it started, and this is before the pump track was even there. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So I would just come, and, like, no one would show up, so I'd hang out with the unicycle riders. But, it tur- like, now it's we have Mondays. Karen Brooks is usually the instructor, but she's a little injured right now, so uh-huh. we have Angelica doing it. Uh And it's just nice because, like, it's a free fundamental lesson. Mm -hmm. So if you want to come and ride, you at least have someone there that can kind of help you, like, get through the room or kind of explain things to you or just make sure your bike is set up. Right. You know, we have so many people that show up with their, like, cross-country bikes with their Mm -hmm. seats really high. And we're like, can we make some adjustments to your bike real quick? And it it helps them tremendously. So the Monday nights kept going and everything was going great. And then... I reached out to Corey and reached out to Nina and I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing my own thing. So then I asked Karen to pick two mountain bike coaches that she would feel comfortable with coaching with. And she picked Kathy Krause who works up at mountain Creek and, um, Hillary. So Hillary's out of Maryland Uh and together the six of us, you know, started this event. And it's funny. The very first year that we did it, we only had 75 people registered and we kind of didn't know what we were doing. You know, we were like, only 75? These, yeah, like these three coaches. Isn't, that, isn't 75 a lot? Well, yeah. not really when we thought mm-hmm. it was going to be more. Yeah. But we yeah. didn't have a cap. Because so we, they, we just had 75 pre-registered, and then you could register the day of. For multiple disciplines. Mountain biking. Mountain biking or BMX. Or BMX. And there's okay. like three levels of mountain biking, and there's three levels of BMX. All right. And people were uncertain about registering early because of the weather. Oh, right, right. So 200 women showed up. <laughs> and we were like, so <laughs> what wow. are we going to do? Yeah. And thankfully, yeah, yeah. like the woods room, the yeah, inside yeah. wasn't built yet. Okay. So we ended up splitting into three fundamental groups. Yeah. And like one person took the whole park, the whole park room. Then we had other people in between the lines. Yeah. And then we had the whole woods room. And it was great because we did like 45 minutes of fundamentals and Mm -hmm. like people learned how to just get their body position right and just kind of get warmed up. Like a lot of people just drove to Pittsburgh that morning Mm -hmm. and then we went right into classes. Right. So then there was like three different mountain bike classes you could take and three different Mm -hmm. BMX classes you can take. And sometimes the coaches would change and sometimes you'd stay with the same person every day. Uh So we tried to keep that coaching development like pretty unique sure. to where usually when you go to an event you have like the one you you take one class with one coach uh-huh. and like that's what you want to learn how to do and like you may or may not have to sign up for it mm-hmm. where we were just kind of like well this is what we're good at sure. if you want to learn it come in here but then we realized that like for mountain biking it doesn't work when the numbers are high right. because then you're waiting and you're not riding yeah so the, the connection on the mountain bike side was like we need a we need a cap we need to like make sure we have the right amount of women right. per coach so we, people can like get the best out of it and the way that we run our women's weekend is as soon as we plan the event we do it as a group so we do it as six coaches and then as soon as we have the event on Saturday at lunch we meet and we talk about what's working what's not working when we're done with the event, we do the same thing, and then mm-hmm. we do the same thing on Sunday. So oh. our event, we close the park Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, so, the wheel mill. Right. 
Okay. So we have two weekend days instead uh, of just Friday for right. people to like travel and get there. And we have like a meet and greet on Friday. So you can come and meet the coaches and walk around the wheel mill if you've never been there. Sure. Get checked in, get your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we have these meetings, there's so much valuable feedback that comes mm-hmm. back from the coaches that like you as a facilitator for an event would never think of. Right. Because you're not the one that's coaching that class. Yeah. So this year we've done something really unique to where you pick a track so you have no idea what coach is picking it. And the reason I do that is because a lot of people will sign up for my classes just because they want to ride with me, but they have no business being in my class. So like they shouldn't be doing advanced jumping. Oh, gotcha. So there's no reason for you to be in my class. Like I love you. Let's set up a private lesson, but like this isn't going to work. So Mm -hmm. now we left the names completely off. Okay. So you're signing up for what you want to learn, Uh, and then I'm assigning the coach to the track. Okay. Or the coach itself is signing assigning them what they want to teach, Mm -hmm. and then when you sign up, you're with that coach all day. Yeah. So that person's going to help you get from point A to point B, and you're going to leave with so much value. Right. You can either change. You can either like challenge yourself to really master the skill and take the same thing both days or you can switch it up so -hmm. like one day you want to do this and one day you want to do that because Mm -hmm. what we were finding is when people self-diagnose themselves and put themselves in a class it's often wrong because nobody reads everybody skims and like readable text is really difficult because you really need to read the tracks to understand where you should be but people don't want to read so we left it like a Twitter post. It's like super mm-hmm. short characters. It's really easy to understand. Mm-hmm. What do you want to learn? I'm not telling right. you who's teaching it. I'm just telling you what do you want to learn? And right. then you sign up for the class. But this also gives the coach flexibility because we limited our class sizes this year to 10. So mm-hmm. we're only going to have 60 people per day at the event. Right. And when you limit it to 10 people per class, you can actually have conversations with the students. Mm-hmm. Instead of having a pre planned idea of what you're going to coach you can ask them what they want yeah so then the money that they're spending and investing into you mm-hmm. you are investing into that so you're giving you're giving your students exactly what they're signing up for mm-hmm. and it may derail from the track slightly but you're giving them exactly what they want and because you're their coach all day if you notice that they're if you notice that their fundamentals are off you can fix it throughout the day Instead of them going to a different coach, and that Start coach is telling them something different, yeah, and yeah, then you yeah. have three different versions, and you're like, that's great, but Karen told me to do this, and now you're telling me to do this, and it's uh-huh. like, but Karen has a mountain bike background, right. and I have a BMX background, so right. yes, we're teaching you both the same thing, she's just using different words, yeah. but I can understand how that can be confusing. Sure. So we've decided this year that like staying with the single coach mm-hmm. is going to be more beneficial for for the person who's investing money into their cycling to come and learn from us sure. so we're really Makes excited sense. we're excited to see what these changes can do because if we keep the class size small mm-hmm. we can learn a lot from who comes and attends the event yeah. and then we can grow the event and hopefully hire two more coaches right. and then make it an 80 person event you sure. know and then hire more coaches and so so mm-hmm. and so forth so we're really excited to kind of see the new system and to put it into place and see if it's, you know, because you never know. We might have a meeting at lunch and be like, this isn't working. And this is for the Wilma you're talking Correct. about? Correct. For the one that, okay. Mm-hmm. How many women showed up this weekend that, that well, actually you know did what? the clinics? I never asked Keith the final number, uh-huh. but I had 
three coaching sessions yesterday and they were 25 each mm -hmm. and I think I only had like maybe five people repeat per class mm -hmm. so I had at least 50 women that was just you just me that I coached right. from nine to noon yesterday so I know there was more than that because it wasn't mandatory you had to take a class this year. Mm -hmm. Like it was a completely optional if you wanted to take a class. Yeah, some women, some women showed up later and weren't in on the classes right, at all, right? Right, exactly. Like some people showed up at noon just because mm -hmm. they knew that part of the park would be closed because of classes and they just showed up at noon and then everything was open. Well, what's cool is they, they showed up and maybe they feel they have enough skill to, to ride the place. So right, they and they're going to ride today so they didn't mind yeah. you know coming a little bit late, right? Yeah, and they knew on yesterday, Friday, that uh, that they would be able to, they'd have the option if they came this weekend to ride with a lot of other women, right? Mm -hmm. it, when it was closed off to, for just women. So that, Brisket is I, adding some uh, audio <laughs> to yeah. our podcast here. Yeah, that's nothing wrong, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Hey, I did a podcast recording of a friend of mine who's a street vendor in, uh, in Brooklyn. So... We did it on the streets of Brooklyn. Oh, wow, that's cool. And it came out awesome. Sweet. Yeah, so it was <laughs> good. So a little brisket's not going to affect the thing. She's got something to say. But yeah, I guess so. Um, all right, I haven't even really asked you questions yet because the, because the, uh, the, whole, the whole clinic and, and training and, and Women's Weekend is just, it's a, such a huge subject. Mm -hmm. it's a, me personally, I think it's super successful. And geez, you know what? I kind of need to clarify clarification on this so women's weekend thing. so when women's weekend is done on the trail level at say caddy and posh does that necessarily have curly young curly young's name on it or i would say women's weekend is the term that was kind of taken from rays okay that everybody uses so like joyride has a women's weekend you okay. know the wheel mill has a women's weekend rays has a women's weekend so mm -hmm. the idea of the verbiage is mm -hmm. just consistency so people understand exactly what it is uh-huh um I don't have, I don't usually put my name on a lot of things sure. just because I don't want it to be about me. I want it I to be about the gathering. Yeah. So the only thing that definitely has my name on it is the event that's at the wheel mill mm -hmm. because Mike suggested it. So I was like, okay, right, right. you can have it. I get it. <laughs> um, so but yeah, I don't. I don't want it to be about my brand. I don't want it to be about my company. I want it mm -hmm. to be about, you know, the passion that I have for mm -hmm. making sure that we can educate women to further their cycling. So it sounds to me that if you hear that there's a women's weekend, just plain and simply, there is a women's weekend at the trails. Right. More power to them. That's awesome. More women are mm -hmm. riding. Period. There's really nothing else. But it's else. now like because the verbiage has been so consistent for so mm -hmm. long that people now know kind of what to expect when they go. They know that there's going to be a ton of women. They know mm -hmm. that there's going to be, you know, everything's going to be a little slower. Everything's going to be a lot different. Like obviously mm -hmm. the women's jam is nothing like the, the Halloween jam, right? you know, or the, the high air, yeah, you know, they're right. just, they're just different events mm -hmm. and that's what they're supposed to be about, mm -hmm. you know? And those are the weekends that like, if you're the guy that wants to do 100 laps on the big line, like, sure. maybe this is not the greatest weekend to come. Yeah, right, right. You know, so it's, <laughs> right. you know, you got to you gotta make right. your choices and figure out, if, you know, what you want. Well, I think it's pretty cool that this, the title Women's Weekend is being used universally at different venues. I, 
may as well have it feel that way because although they may have an expectation if they had been to Women's Weekend at Ray's that it's going to be somewhat like that mm -hmm. at Caddy, say, it's not a big deal. Right. And maybe, maybe that actually creates uh, maybe more women going because they feel a little security in that it may Correct. be like Ray's was mm -hmm. or, or Will Milton. The women, so and uh, the, it, I think it's inspiring joy, too right? because when an event is successful, mm -hmm. other people are willing to try. Yeah, so you'll start to notice that there'll be like a pump track women's weekend or mm -hmm. a ladies' night, you know. So not everybody has the capacity to like just shut their area down yeah, to do yeah. something that's that specific. Mm -hmm. But I feel like just having a safe space for someone to mm -hmm. be able to be themselves is really important. And you're trying to be that avenue is helpful. And you're inspiring people to run these weekends, right? Like, like, like Taryn used to, right. and, and Tasha's now, and, and I, think I mean, that's it's a, awesome. it's a lot of work. There's a lot of there's a lot of like planning that goes into things that you kind of don't think about. Like, there's definitely the the two sided people. There's people that plan events. There's people that come to events. Yeah. So people that plan events appreciate events <laughs> just a little more because sure. they know like, like what goes into it, and yeah. like that your head is a hundred miles an hour, and you're going everywhere, and mm -hmm. you know. Me and Nina always have a really good job of like checking in with each other. Mm -hmm. And when we have our women's events, we're always like really crazy just weeks yeah. before. And we're like packing the goodie bags. We're running around. We're getting people checked in. And, and then we stop at lunch and just look at each other and be like, oh, this work. And yeah. it's almost yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, as crazy as it is, you, it's you don't so want much it to work. end too quickly. And if you don't just take a second to like be present and realize that like, mm -hmm. wow, we did it. This is happening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> and congratulations to you and Nina. Uh, you know, with this weekend, just such a huge turnout. And right. I, I, you know, the amount of people I, I saw were from everywhere. I right. mean, I, I don't. I'm sure you picked up on it. I'm positive you picked up on it. But I mean, people, people like Allie Wolf from Florida. Oh yeah, all the way from Florida. Yeah. I was stoked to see her today. Yeah. So I mean it's it's the the reach is pretty incredible and, and the these people are, are willing to make it work with their jobs and right. you know, just whatever challenges they have to to make it happen. And they get all the way to Cleveland. Right. You know, and it's worth every minute I'm sure. It's, yeah, the investment's there. I mean, I always try to say to people that have never been to a women's event that yeah. like if we could bottle up the energy that our events bring and sell it we would all be millionaires because it's unlike any other event that i've been to that's more of like a male derivative thing yeah so if you like it's kind of cool when an outsider comes to our events yeah. so let's say we have our event catered mm -hmm. by a random restaurant sure. and they're there and they just take a moment to pull you aside and be like, what you're doing is absolutely amazing. You're just like, oh, okay, thanks. Right. And right. then like later on it clicks into you like, that person knows nothing about what we're doing mm -hmm. and can see the value and could see yeah. like the energy, the, the, the building holds mm -hmm. and the smiles on people's faces. Like women's events just hit differently. They're not like, they're not high fives and hell yeahs. They're mm -hmm. they're tears and goosebumps. You know, yeah. it's like when a woman sits on top of a Roland for an hour and then does it. Yeah, it's eruption. Uh -huh. And like, if you've never experienced doing something that literally scares the hell out of you, you have no respect for what just happened to that person. Right. But 
it's cool when you have a women's event and there's 10 people on the yeah. roll-in saying, you yeah. got this, this is how you do it. Go yeah. ahead and look ahead. I know you can try. And then they mm-hmm. do it. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing. And, and then like personally, so my mom decided that she wanted to start riding a bike at 60. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like right. traveled the world, supported me financially and mentally for so many years and then decided like, I think I want to come to your women's event. And I'm like, all right, I'll fly you up to Ray's just because it's like, it's so much more free than mm-hmm. like my event. My event's like very structured and it's just, I wouldn't been able to hang out with my mom if mm-hmm. I brought her to mine. So I was like, just come to Ray's and she killed it. And the first thing she said to me was like, I wish I would have done this when I was younger. I wish I would have done this when you mm-hmm. were racing because I would have had a different respect right. for you on your bike because sure. we make it look easy. And when you yeah. put someone who's brand new on a bike, they're like, why does it look so easy when you do it? And it's like, okay, well, you got to get there. Like, if I was on the same skill level as you mm-hmm. riding 32 years later, I'm doing something wrong. Right. <laughs> like, right. sure. be honest here, right. you know? Mm-hmm. But. To have my mom experience that and just be like, this is so cool, and then started racing. I was just going to say. So my mom's like a total badass, and she's racing now, and it's, you know, it's inspiring other people. Yeah, she races in Florida. So she's like Gold Cup 1, you know, like killing. Yeah, she's killing it. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. But it's cool to watch her go through her own journey because my mom decided to race the year that I retired, and... You know, she really wanted to, like, invest into a season and kind of go to a couple nationals. So when I went to Worlds in Belgium, uh, right before I retired, uh, I flew her up to race the Egg Harbor National because, you know, when I was 13, I started racing MBL, and that was my local track. So to have a national there to bring my mom was, like, so full circle to be mm-hmm. on the sidelines watching my mom race and having oh no investment into the weekend except her. Just like she watched you right. from the sidelines. And it was, it was just really cool because she <laughs> she actually took a digger on the last straight and it was really funny. Oh my God. She, she just like lost her rhythm mm-hmm. and she just, the, she just kept getting further and further and further behind her bike. And I was like, oh wow, she's like fully down in control and she's running into the fence. And she just gets up like, Carly's mom's okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mom. <laughs> and she was so embarrassed. And I just explained like, it happens to all of us. Yeah. Like we've all had that moment where oh we're just gosh. like, I'm in control. I'm not in control. Oh my gosh, I am crashing. <laughs> Yeah. So then she got to experience it. And then mm-hmm. for her, for the entire weekend to just be about her, like, yeah, it was really inspiring. That is cool. Yeah. And I, I like really wish that other people's, you know, I started doing mom's nights at the wheel mill because I coach all their kids. Mm, and right, I was like, right. my mom had such a pleasant experience mm-hmm. on like getting into it just because I'm into it. Mm-hmm. And you never have to race. Right. You never have to take this anywhere. Mm-hmm. Just come. Right. Just come and have a different respect for your kid. Yeah. And understand that, like, if they're struggling on the track, mm-hmm. it might not look like he's not trying. He right. might just be struggling on the track. Right. So, and it's tough. Like, my quote of the day is always, like, you know, will you come, will you come help? Because I try to talk to them and they don't listen to me. And That's my right. response is always, um, I didn't listen to my parents. I turned out okay. Right. You know, like. Right. 
same like all yeah. we all try to like fight the rules that our parents gave us because sure. we know more than they do but in actuality they're just looking for freedom your kids just want a little bit of space so yeah. like if you're able to meet them halfway and understand like the troubles that they're having when they're on the track sure you're gonna build a better relationship with your kid yeah so i started these mom's nights and they're great they're absolutely great because these women have no business being on a bike and they're trying it. They're like doing hard things and they're succeeding. Yeah. And they're like laughing and giggling about it. And there's like this whole different connection. Instead of like moms coming to the track because they have a bond that their yeah. kids race. No, now that they, they do their own thing. Mm -hmm. They're like at the wheel mill doing their own thing. And now they have a different connection when they go to the track and they're sitting around. They're not talking about mm -hmm. their kids and their finishes. They're talking about the time that they flipped over their handlebars because they did something that was super scary. <laughs> And they thought it was funny and they help each other up and <laughs> there was a when we went to dinner last night the people sitting they would have been in front of you but the table next over from us there was okay. a bunch of women that oh my gosh those ladies are so life goals so, so life goals all right so the, those women we're part of Women's Weekend, right? Yes, every year. So me and me, yeah. me and Corey were just talking about this. Yeah. So Corey thinks that she's been a women's event coach for ten years. Yeah. And I think I've been a women's event coach for eight. Mm -hmm. So those women have been at every single raise Women's Weekend, and they all shred. All four mm -hmm. of those ladies. They're so good at riding bikes, mm -hmm. but they they party so hard, <laughs> and they're like, I mean, I don't I don't want to like tell the world like how old these ladies are, but these are like, they could easily have grandma like mm -hmm. grandkids, right? And they they came in blazing drunk into the restaurant oh last night, God. just like yeah. having a blast, yeah. and and that's what it's about. It's about creating these bonds with other people and having good times. Like I will never forget when they showed up at the costume party, all dressed up as these like crazy women with boas and sunglasses, and they're always down for a good time. But then they show up and they ride the next day. You know, are they and from the same area. I actually have no idea where they're from, but I just know the consistency of them coming back every year. And mm -hmm. the funny thing was, so I was sitting at the window. Mm -hmm. And every person that walked past the, the window, I was deciding if they were going to be the next person that was going to sit at our table because mm -hmm. we started off with a group and we had extra chairs and then people kept showing up. So I was mm -hmm. like, they're going to sit at our table and they'd walk in and they'd sit down at the table. And those women didn't walk by the window. So when they came in and sat at the table, I was like, where did you guys come from? <laughs> And it was just awesome to see. They were they, and I, they, I had one of them in my coaching clinic, and mm -hmm. she was having a good time. And but they like shred. And I like said that to Corey. I was like, I hope that's us. Mm -hmm. You know, in 10, 20 years, I really hope that's us. I hope we're going meeting up with your friends. To, you know, to the women's Casey's weekend. women's event or Bethany's women's oh my event. Gosh, yeah. Wouldn't that be yeah. so rad? And we're like coming in with our knee braces and our back braces and our canes, and we're like, "Oh, we can't wait to Women's Week and after party." <laughs> Casey put on a really great event. <laughs> God, those women were there's no shortage of fun being had by them. Such good times. Yes. <laughs> I didn't Such know what to make times. of it at first because I didn't know they were riding. I didn't know. Oh right, you just thought they were like random people that came in the yeah, restaurant that wanted to talk to out. us. They were, well, yeah. <laughs> 
it, that right. to, you know, have a good meet time. up, have a good time, and just, you know, it wouldn't be the first time I've been at a table that engaged with the other table, oh, and right, you right, don't right. know each other, mm-hmm. so I thought it, may, thought it was maybe that, so this this story got even better now that you're telling me this. Oh, these women are a riot, oh yeah. my gosh, they have so much fun all the time, That's all great. the time, and they're like, they're such good humans because mm-hmm. they go in rotation, so oh, you okay. never know who's going to be drunk. Like you never know who's going to be like, who's going to be the wild card? Who's taking their shirt off today? <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. They are, they are, I like told her yesterday, I was like, your, your group of friends are seriously life goals. Like, I hope yeah. I'm half as cool as you when I'm your age. <laughs> so cool. And she's like, don't say that. We're only here because you guys are here. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you guys are doing something so much bigger. Yeah. So much and, bigger in life. <laughs> They are. And then I was like, Corey, can we be that cool when we're older? She's like, we are that cool. I was like, we're not that cool. We're not that cool. <laughs> we had a good time at dinner last night, but we are she, not she that should, cool. Yeah, yeah. She has a point. Those, those women were pretty cool and pretty damn comfortable. Oh, my skin. gosh. They were so, they are so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. They're such great humans. <laughs> that's the way. That's, I, I wish all women were that confident that right. they could just have a good time. And who cares what anybody thinks? Mm-hmm. You know, ugh, man. Man, I wish you could have came to the women's event when we had uh, the costume party. Because that's when people purely shine. Like, you see yeah. the introverts show up in their regular clothes. Yeah. And then you see all of us. Mm-hmm. Like, I showed up. I was a crazy cat lady. I had, like, crazy cat pants. Uh-huh. I had cat ears. I had, like, a bag that had cats on it. Yeah, it was. Oh, my God. And then there's this place that's actually right around the corner from Nina's house called Chelsea's Closet. Yeah. It's a vintage clothing store. So that's where we got all our, co- you can rent stuff or buy stuff from them. So we, all the coaches just went yeah. there and bought a bunch of really crazy stuff to wear to the party. But it's just cool because like you see people ride bikes and then you have an after party. Mm-hmm. And when it's a themed after party, you get yeah. to see them as a human mm-hmm. instead of like as, an, as like a rider. Sure. So that's a thing that like other events don't do. Right. You know, we just right. bring like a different set of fun being females and yeah. it's pretty awesome <laughs> it is it is do you have a story of inspiring within bmx racing maybe the the group that you race even though you're all competing heavily <laughs> you know there yeah. might be there might be some some uh so like a funny story we have there. is um ariel martin and i grew mm-hmm. up like battling in racing as amateurs and we hated each other yeah because like you guys are about we were both amateur. so good and she's a little bit younger than me and uh she's just the west coast girl and when you're an east coast girl and you win all the time and they show up you're like why are you over here you know like (laughs) why don't you just stay on your coast and win and we'll like see you at grands like why are you here right and then we started racing pro together Mm -hmm. and our entire relationship changed so and then she was you know i was in her wedding and she was in mine so it's like kind of crazy how things shift and like I've had that relationship with a lot of people Mm -hmm. so like a lot of people I didn't get along with as an amateur because I was like fighting for that plate every year to like I want to beat you I don't like you I want to be better than you but I'm not beating you right and then you race pro and you're like okay (laughs) there's like really much faster people than us so like we got to get along so we can make it like into the main sure but it's it's kind of crazy, like inspiring wise, that like mm-hmm. that can happen. Yeah, that you can like not be friends, and then yeah. your entire life changes, and 
Sure. You know, she's like one of my best friends and her daughter rides for my team. And it's like such a full circle that like you can not like each other Uh at one point in your lives and then become complete best friends later in life. Yeah. It's a great story. (laughs) It's a really great story. Yeah. (laughs) And she probably loved it just as much as you did. Because if you didn't have that, I mean, I'm sure it's tough. I mean, I only lasted two years racing what was superclass right. and NBL because it, it was hard and, I, and none of us were we were friends but you know right. we're all trying to get the same I'm thing I'm all done. trying to win some money yeah. so I can yeah. pay my bills yeah exactly <laughs> it's, it's and, and it was really hard so like when I was an amateur racing ABA mm-hmm. I was like one of three girls that raced so district one was easy yeah because there wasn't that many girls. Right. So if you're district one out of all of the girls, like, hooray, I beat yeah. three people that I'm older than. So, like, where's the challenge? Like, where's the push? District, which is just total points. No, districts is like you, mean like, you have raced them. You have raced and won the most amount of races in your region. Oh, okay. So, like, right. you are you are number one in your whole district. We're not talking. Out just, of girls. Oh, I get you. But it's, so it's still a white plate, though, right? It's right, but the district one is like held a little bit higher, yeah, than like a regular district number because you you really have to spend the time and money right, and you right. have to do well, right, in order to be district one. Like you really sure. got to point chase and go to those triple yeah. point weekends and right. And then the other thing too is like if you currently in USA BMX, if you're a district one rider, mm-hmm. you. If you race nationals and you get a nag plate, you were removed from district. Oh, really? Right. So, like, is that new? No, it's always been that way. Really? So, in the men category, which I, I'm not super agreeable with, but yeah. in the men's category, if you're top ten uh-huh. in district, yeah, I'm sorry, if you're top ten in nag, you're yeah. un uneligible for a district top ten. Yeah. But if you're eleven through twenty. Uh-huh. You're eligible for district, right. which isn't fair because in the men's category you get a mag plate up to twenty. Right, so let those kids have well, those district points. Like you really want yeah. a district one instead of a nag eleven? Like that's a national age group eleven. I would take the eleven. Anyway. Right, I would take the yeah. gray plate. That's like right. guaranteed no letter any race. Yeah. yeah. Why would you do that? Right. right. But. I mean, there's a lot of things in USB Mix I think they would change. Like, I love that the sport is growing. Sure. But I'm literally all done with the 12-hour national days. Oh, my gosh, yeah. it's. It, I get it. This this isn't going to change because it's really, it's business. It's a business. Right. They have to, the, just the amount of classes they're including. It's a lot. The, it's and I, too I, much. Like, so it's too my much. philosophy and, like, a way that I think that we could fix the problem, mm-hmm. which is really going to piss off a lot of people. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I think it would be better mm-hmm. if you made the race structure based on how the point system works alone. Mm-hmm. So you're not trying to exclude anybody. But instead of having a novice, intermediate, and expert class, if all of those kids are going for the same nag plate, mm-hmm. why can't they just race together? Yeah. And if you're a dad that has a six novice kid. Yeah. Who knows that your six novice kid is not going to make a main in a national? Mm-hmm. You're not going to go to the national, but you know what you will do? Yeah. You'll compete in your state series. Yeah. You'll compete in your local series, and then you'll compete in your Gold Cup series. Right. So. Right. I think that if we were to change things uh-huh. to 
everybody should get the same amount of points and mm -hmm. everyone should race each other. Mm -hmm. I think the kids that live, let's say we go to Music City, okay? Because mm -hmm. that national was pretty gnarly last year. Like I remember watching the live feed and I was exhausted and I wasn't even there. I was fast forwarding through the race right, and I was just right, like, right. this is insane. This is absolutely insane how yeah. long this day is. Yeah. How can you train for that? Right. Like the right. pros, they finally put a pro schedule together mm -hmm. and they, the pro schedule has been in, in direction of that for a mm -hmm. while because I used to run the pro schedule and it was the same. Yeah. And we would never run at the beginning of every lap anymore. We run every hour. Oh, okay. So then we could train for it. Right. So right. you could actually know like how many laps you're going to do and the timeline you're going to do regardless of the class size. But if you were to take all of the riders and put them in a, put them in a race right. purely based upon how the point structure works, right. then when you go to a national, mm -hmm. you know you're signing up to race nine boys. Right. And you're all going to get the same amount of points mm -hmm. and there's no like intermediate expert novice holding you back. Mm -hmm. You are all nine. Just race nine and keep the birthdays in, in yeah. play. Like don't go right. UCI rules where everyone sure. has to race the same people all year. Right. I like that you get to race different people because yeah. it pushes yeah. people to go to different nationals mm -hmm. based upon when their birthday is. Right. So like my birthday's in June. So mm -hmm. I hustle to get all of my wins in before May. Yeah. So then yeah. by the time my birthday rolls up, I'm not racing any of those people mm -hmm. until grands yeah. when it matters. So I can still go to a national, I can still lose, right. but I have all my points in to go to grands. I got you. Yeah. But then think about it on a state level. Right. We have two different color plates, mm -hmm. but the novice and the intermediates are going after the same plate, mm -hmm. but they get different points, but they're in the same structure. Right. So that's not fair. Yeah. The novice kid is never going to beat an intermediate kid because they don't make the same amount of points, but they're qualifying for the same plate. Right. So on a state level, let them race each other, and then mm -hmm. the novice wins won't matter. Right. Instead of a kid moving up too quickly, mm -hmm. like let them race. Why can't novices race for a year for free? Not count your wins yeah. when you're ready to move up and right. have it be a non-pointed class. Yeah. If you have the novice class as a non-pointed class, it can be a growth. Sure. Let's say you have a kid that has special needs. Yeah. Leave them a novice. Right. Let them race. Mm -hmm. You know, like, sure. why not? Right. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. the, and let's say that kid's super good. Mm -hmm. Let them win 500 times. Right. And if the person behind them is like all done with racing novice, they mm -hmm. can go to intermediate. But the novice class thing, like, I think it's amazing. I love new kids in the sport. Sure. But at the same time, like, why do they have to be at a national? That was my next question. That's what I've been waiting to ask you: is why, why, and am I delusional? I because I am positive. When I went to Grands, at uh, for ABA, I only went to two two Grands, I think, but most of it was NBL. I don't remember there ever being what we called beginner at the Grands. Had, you know, I went to Grands when I was younger, but I don't. Expert. I don't remember. I'm. My brother would probably like remember positive. because I was always in girl, mm -hmm. so I don't. I wouldn't know that. I mean, I could check because I've, yeah. I've, I've got results from the old but bicycles just think today about, like, from years ago. And but. like, I fully get it. I fully yeah. get the full. The mm -hmm. whole reason that I love BMX is because the the Strider kid can race on the same track as mom, can race on the same track as right. dad, can race on the same track as pro. Right. But at the same time, like when we're hitting twelve hours. Uh huh. 
I, as a coach, I'm getting frustrated when I'm watching my kids fall apart at 10:30 at night. They should not because they mentally cannot function mm -hmm. when they started practice at eight that morning. Yeah, and I'm teaching my kids at yeah. 11 how to take naps at a race <laughs> so they can maintain insane. their stamina. It's, like it's I don't I don't I don't know like why can't national levels be legit like I don't know. this is where you want to achieve to like let's mm -hmm. make gold cups huge let's just, make nationals smaller like but not necessarily smaller let's say you have a kid who's on the cusp mm -hmm. of being the next great expert mm -hmm. him racing nationals right. as an intermediate mixed with those expert kids mm -hmm. It's going to give him so much more experience going sure. back to his local track right. and being like, I made it to semis. Yeah. Yeah. I am almost ready for expert. Right. So then he can go home and decide, do I want to stay an intermediate and yeah. fight for this intermediate Gold Cup plate or right. state plate? Yeah. Or do I want to really just race yeah. expert? Right. You know, and I think that like having novice be a beginner friendly class that you mm -hmm. can just like ride in and stay in. And it's just like, but it's not conducive to, to the grands. Right. That, that makes no sense to me. And then you're going to have a mixed open and then regular open. So you can let the beginners also race a mixed open. Or, I'm sorry, right. novice, not beginner. It's interchangeable, but right. still. That's what's making these days so damn long. Right. But the thing is, is like the reason our sport grew so rapidly so quickly mm -hmm. is because... BMX is the only sport that stayed available during COVID. Right, right. no so, contact. No, it's correct. Not, it's not football. Everybody's not got soccer. their own thing, and mm -hmm. you line up in the gate, and everyone yeah. has their space. Right. And then every county is different. Every state mm -hmm. was different. Every rule was different. Sure. So the year of COVID, well, mm -hmm. the two years of COVID, but right. the very first year of COVID, USA BMX had to cancel and reschedule nationals because right. tracks were like, you want to bring how many people to our town? Right. No, thank you. Right. So it was really hard to like mm -hmm. run nationals, but other towns were like, no, 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 we're cool. Come back over here. Like we know you just raced here two months ago, but like mm -hmm. we're open. Come on back. Yeah. So, right. but those races grew and grew and grew yeah. because not the world shut down. Sure. Nothing else was going on. But even prior to that, I mean, the, the grants that, that I, I don't ever went like, to or, or watched. When I was racing full-time and mm -hmm. I was, like, going to eight nationals a year and, like, mm -hmm. doing grands and the whole the whole shebang, yeah. um, I really don't – I don't remember racing till 10, 30, 11 o'clock at no. night unless there was a major malfunction that happened at the event that was, like, uncontrollable. Yeah, yeah. But right. I'm all done with racing because of how long the races have gotten. Yeah. I'm like a grown woman that doesn't want to sit at a track for 12 hours. No. I want to like, I want to go to a Florida national and then I want to go and hang out and see the city after. Yeah. Like, isn't that the right. whole reason that the, the like visitors I... bureau is paying USA BMX to bring this event to, mm -hmm. you don't get to see any of these cities when this race is this big. Some people I'm staying with, uh, the, just this morning, one of the reasons we were later late getting to, uh, to, raised this morning was because we were talking about pretty much exactly that and this guy was saying hey we're only going to ride a couple hours today and then we're we are finally going to go see cleveland yay we're going to go to the rock and roll hall of fame right we're going to go check out uh lake uh superior what's boas lake erie erie okay thank you um yeah they, they were going to make a family trip of it they all rode I saw him today, you know, once mm -hmm. we actually got there, we all rode. 
Uh, they had a great time, and then they headed off to really explore. That's awesome. So, and I was like, but that's what's great about our sport. Yeah. Yeah, like come. But you can't do that. Come if you participate. Have, if the race goes till midnight, you right. can't do that. But then the hard thing too is that like now kids aren't racing two mm-hmm. bikes. When they finally made the membership program make sense, where you don't need separate memberships for class and cruiser, you need one membership as a person. You can race as many bikes as you want. But now people are not racing cruiser because the Saturday races are too long and they they can't get up and race two bikes on Sunday. So, I don't know, I just... And at the Grands, they enter for more than one class because there's so much time in between. You don't want to just go up cold. Right, right. And, And you don't get enough laps, enough practice laps to really get the track Right, because think about it, like you're spending 60 bucks a day Mm -hmm. to register and you get 15 minutes of practice. So like my entire coaching platform has changed. Oh, gosh. I don't teach kids. You're into time management now. Right. I don't teach kids how to be the most effective racer. Mm -hmm. I teach the kids to be the most effective practicer, to be able to efficiently do everything they possibly can in 15 minutes Mm -hmm. to like figure out a brand new track, you know, so like. When we did Grand's training uh, at South Park, I did a free Grand's training to any kid in Pittsburgh that was going to Grand's. We had like mm-hmm. over 25 kids going to Grand's from Pittsburgh. And I just kept explaining to them that like, you cannot show up to practice cold. You've got to show mm-hmm. up to where your very first lap is like, I am ready to rip faces off. Right. You know, because you're setting the tone for being intimidating right off the start. So if you can show up and you've already warmed up, you're not using practice as a warm-up. You are ready to race on that track. Yeah. Because Grands is a whole nother ball game. It is. Because yeah. you practice, well, now you practice the day before Thanksgiving. They added that day, right? Right. Which I think is great because it does spread right. things out. Right. But then you don't, like, let's say you don't qualify for the race of champions. Yeah. You race on a totally different track two days later. Right. It's dry. It's ridden in. The pros yeah, have ridden yeah, yeah. on it. Like, right totally different track Mm -hmm. and like racing amateur and not having classes that are large enough to have qualifiers right i the pre-schedule that used to Mm -hmm. happen i would i would make it out of first round Mm -hmm. at like 10 a.m and noon on saturday sure and i wouldn't race until 10 p.m on sunday night right so where what mindset like what training can you do to prepare yourself for that that's bonkers I yeah. literally have to get in the gate fully caffeinated at 10 p.m. Right. With a focused mind to remember what the track was like yesterday afternoon. I had a hard time with that just on a, a far smaller scale. At our state race, state championships, where I realized, wow, that was really stupid that I transferred first round because right. now I'm going to sit down, I'm going <laughs> to sit around for three, four hours. Right. And then I'm going to go up for a main. And of course, I went up for the man that was totally not prepared, didn't ride nearly as well as they did in the first moto. It, it, it just made so me think. So much can change in that minute of time. Yeah, it just made me think about it. And I was just like, wow, that really backfired. I, I know a lot of people that on Sundays would sleep in mm-hmm. and crash second moto. <sighs> so then you've and come to a national. You've did. flown to a national. Yeah. And yeah. you were lazy and didn't show up first round yeah. because you wanted to sleep in. Right. And then you crash or have a bike malfunction or something happens. Mm-hmm. And now the person that's probably going to get top three in the main just yeah. crashed in second round. Right. Like, you just gave those nag points to someone else. You're crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> Super crazy. 
But then if you think about like the UCI Worlds format, is that format better than USA BMX's format? Yeah, yeah. Because UCI, uh -huh. if you're racing cruiser, yeah. you practice mm -hmm. for two days straight. So there's two straight days of countrywide practice. So right. you, cr you only practice with your country. Yeah. And then everything is done on that day. You right. do a warm up in the morning, you do all three rounds and you do yeah. your main. And guess what? You're done in time to go to dinner at a right. restaurant that's in the area that you're mm -hmm. having worlds. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> I know. Why is this such rocket science? Like, it's, it's crazy. It, it really is. But, you know, we'll take the positive out of it and we'll say that, yeah, it's, it's awesome that BMX happens to be, the sport that we all love, happens to be the perfect COVID time sport. Right. Thank God. You know, because it, it's, it, we need it. Right. We need it. When if the there's one silver failing, lining. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. And it's hard too because to there's a lot of kids that are being affected by things being shut down mm -hmm. and schools just like oh my gosh, not working yeah. and kids not being able to read or being like on mm -hmm. the right grade level and everything is just like not everybody should be homeschooled and like people right. do need help and kids need to just it, go to school. It's it's really it, difficult, but uh, I'm thankful for BMX in that fact because yeah, yeah. They're out of every of everything shutting mm -hmm. down, right. and their lives completely changing at home. Yeah. At least one thing in their life stayed consistent. Right. At least they were still able to go see their BMX family on a weekend. Sure. And things could be normal for fifteen right. to twenty minutes. You know, right. like. Yeah. Right. Oh, hey, what's up? Right. I can see your face. Yeah. How cool is that? Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. But then you have to go back. To school on Monday with a mask on your face and go back to this like super scary world that you can't touch anything. <laughs> so BMX was tough during COVID because mm -hmm. Allegheny County is where South Park is derivative from. Yeah. And so is the wheel mill. So they yeah. both had to shut down. Mandatory right. shutdown. Which killed me. Oh, it's so hard. Having interviewed uh, uh, <clears throat> Geyer. Uh, Harry. Harry. Having interviewed him prior to, to COVID, I, I heard more about the business end of it and right. how, how difficult it is just to break even. Mm -hmm. And then this happens. And I could not help but it's think of them every week. It's so heartbreaking. how hard it is. Mm -hmm. It was already hard. Right. And it just made that much harder. Anyway, how about, I'm going to finish it on uh, funny questions from, uh, from, from Casey Hallahan. Oh, okay. Because I think this is a good way to finish this. So okay. I hope you don't mind, but this is the way I want to finish it. Um, oh, it sounds like Benjamin just threw up. Oh, no. My dog's allergic to water. <laughs> water? Wait a minute. No, water. this is like a serious true story. So, yeah. Benjamin intakes mm. water and immediately throws it back up. Really? He's not allergic to water. He's just dumb. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Drinks the water too fast. He just can't. I can give him a teaspoon of water and it'll mm. somehow get vomited back up. A teaspoon. I don't understand. Oh, He's so broken. God. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So baby. like we go to someone's house that has a dog and yeah, he drinks yeah. out of the water bowl. Well, Nina just said that he drank out of the toilet and threw it all over the floor. Uh, I would too if I drank out of a toilet. There's oh, no God. question. Oh, well, yesterday my. we caught him. He can open the shower door. He was drinking mm -hmm. the shower water off the tub. Like such a crackhead. He loves water, yeah, yeah, but he yeah. can't keep it down. <laughs> All right, what's uh, Casey got for us? Yeah, so Casey wants to know, favorite foods, 
That's number one. There's three. There's three things that Casey really wants to know. Okay. Favorite foods. Man, food is life. I am a huge, like, I love food. I love good mm-hmm. food. So mm-hmm. I'm, like, kind of vegan. I yeah. still eat eggs. Yeah. But I learned that I have, a like, a gut sensitivity to cheese. So I gave up cheese. Probably not a bad idea. Oh, gosh. For anybody. Almost, maybe two years ago? Yeah. I might be on two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was having a hard time with my chiropractor adjusting my lower back, and mm-hmm. he, we were talking about inflammation, and we just like kind of went through like a diet plan, and mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I like I like cheese on top of cheese with a side of cheese because like I don't eat <laughs> yeah, meat, yeah, yeah, so yeah. like I want something <laughs> flavorful, and I love cheese. It was, it was torture bringing you oh my gosh, going I, to going to melt last night. Well, no, because they have so many vegan options. They did. So yeah. it's like it actually worked out, but yeah, that's, that's vegan cheese is gross. Yeah. Like it's, if you're eating like a nut homemade cheese, it's usually good. Like the fake queso or stuff like that. But yeah, like, yeah. it's just not the same. Oh my gosh, but it's not. It's when you have an issue with the way that it makes your body feel, like you yeah. gotta, you gotta stop eating it. But yeah, yeah. I love, I love fruit. I love cashews. Yeah. Um, I love Thai food. I love Indian food. Mm-hmm. I love, my favorite meal uh-huh. Is rice with butter and pepper. Right. Favorite, hands down, favorite meal. Yeah. Love it. Keep it simple. All right. Hey. Yeah. Casey, <laughs> Casey, if she hasn't already, she may have to try that. <laughs> All right. Favorite bike color. Oh. So this is, I've never done this, mm-hmm. but the golf racing colors. Yeah. I think Daylight actually is doing it this year. Oh, yeah. But that's always been a dream of mine to do the baby blue and orange. Oh. I've never done that. But my favorite color that I have done mm-hmm. is golden red. So, man, I'd have to think of what year That's that was. Cool. So Formula Racing, which Ariel used to ride for, oh. had this gold uniform. It was like this brown gold. It's such a dope uniform. And then I ran a red helmet with red gloves. And then I had a gold shimmering bike with red parts. Right. It was uh, That was probably my favorite. Yeah. Favorite set. But I love chrome. So, like, if I had a choice, Chrome is, like, a right. timeless treasure. It's just, it's amazing. It's shiny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it, it, yeah. So, it's tough. I do love color. But yeah. I would say if I had a choice in the matter, mm-hmm. I would do Chrome. All right. Hey, that's good. All right. Last one from her is uh, favorite riders. Oh, man. I mean, everyone that's sleeping in Nina's... <laughs> in our living room right now. Right, right. Oh man, that's a that's a I, hard one. So like, let's say race side. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'd have to say Brooke Crane. Mm-hmm. You know, like she has gone through so much. Yeah. And has literally shown the world how strong she is. Mm-hmm. Um. Retired side, I'd say Ariel, because Ariel is literally the strongest person I've ever met. Mm-hmm. From what she's had to battle with with the Olympics and like missing oh, her spot, gosh, and yeah. then being able so many years like this year, she was able to like be a part of it, but like through Peyton, and it's right, just she's right. such an incredible human, and she's so strong. Yeah, and yeah. you know, definitely hands down, like she's super talented on a bike. She gives back to the sport. She does. You know, same as Brooke. Yeah. I'm really excited that Brooke is like going to be working for USA BMX and like yeah. having an athlete perspective like in the company and seeing what she can do with the sure. foundation um, 
And like Nina is so great. I will say like there's something about riding with another female mm-hmm. that like after the so Nina was my maid of honor at my wedding uh-huh. and after the wedding Tom and I decided to just take a week off of work. So mm-hmm. like not do anything crazy. Right. And we rode the trails every day. Oh yeah. So it was like kind of cool yeah. that like Nina came and we got to ride like yeah. we got to ride at Tom's trails and like uh-huh. do things that like I you I wouldn't usually do. Yeah. So it's encouraging that like I get with her and like mm-hmm. Corey's also so great because she she's always encouraging. Yeah. You know, she's always asking the tough questions. Mm-hmm. She's always like getting you out of your comfort zone or like br- pulling out the honesty out of you regardless of the situation. Right, right. Um you know, and then Angie, you know, like if it wasn't for those three ladies, like Angie, Nina, and Corey, like BMX Freestyle would have never made it to the Olympics. Yeah, right. So I'm like really thankful for those people. And I'm thankful that the work that they've put in, mm-hmm. I've been able to go to contests because of, you know, like sure. Corey. I remember when I used to race BMX in Florida mm-hmm. and Corey was competing at the Roots Jam when oh we were racing gosh. at the Orlando track. Really? And like now we're friends. Like, it's so crazy that I would go up and get her autograph. And, like, she's not even that much older than me. Mm -hmm. But I would go up and be like, it's so amazing that you're the only female here. Like, I I so love that what you're doing. I love that you're just doing it with the boys. And, like, you just don't care. But, like, internally, she was, like, struggling that she was the only girl. And, you know, like, look at her now. She's, like, traveling the world, doing the World Cups. And, like, Mm -hmm. doing her due diligence to get points for the Olympics. Right. Like, we have some pretty powerful women staying in this house. Oh my gosh, it's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, like, the legendary status of the things that they've done to grow the sport is, mm-hmm. like, it's so inspiring. Yeah. It's so inspiring. Wow. We won't let them know. They're going to have to listen to find out that they were chosen. <laughs> we're not telling them yet. There's no way. We're going to let that one let that one sit. But Man. I'm going to end it on that because we're a little over two hours. It's good. And I think we talked about some really, really important things. Okay. And, and I think you detailed them really well. I know I learned quite a bit about about why you do it, mm-hmm. which was number one to me and, and how you do it and your your leadership and your confidence, which is huge. Um, all this stuff's super important to me. Mm-hmm. And, and interviewing you during or just, you know, post hours post of riding the, the, <laughs> well not just riding but uh instructing i guess instructing was this morning but in yesterday at the actual um event it's just a perfect time to talk to you because i as you may know i try to cover as many women's events as i can right and 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 uh next gen i love covering those for sure too. because we we've all experienced it we've all mm-hmm. had fun with it i just want to make sure it keeps going Right. You know, so that's that's why I do it, and that's why I wanted to catch up with you here. Right. So thank you. You're welcome. For everything you do. Yeah, thank you. BMX. You do a lot as well. <laughs> I try. I, I try to do as much as I possibly can. And, and I will say quickly that that you know, I'm sure you'll agree with this. People should really think about the skills they possess and how they can use those skills to help in BMX. Right. Push yourself out of your comfort zone, and and especially if you've been in BMX for a little bit, it's more the reason that it's time to give back, use those skills, and right. turn them into something positive for for BMX. So I, I, I mean, uh, the only way for you to truly understand if you know what you're doing is if you can teach someone else what you do. Yeah, 
And there's a lot of people out there right now that are just riding their bikes that yeah. they can't physically tell another person how to do exactly what they're really talented at doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. until you can kind of verbalize and break down in your head and tell someone else what you're doing, mm-hmm. you kind of don't know what you're doing. You're just like yeah. breathing. You're right. just doing your thing. This is what I know how to do. Um, and I see that a lot with the coaching that I do because we, someone will hear the analogies I give yeah. Yeah. and they'll just come up and say, man, that makes complete sense. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's why I because do what I do does. because yeah. like I, it makes sense. And it's funny because right. like there was this guy today that like walks up to me and he goes, you know, my whole life changed today. This like this guy tells me that I'm holding on too tight and that I need to have heavy feet and light hands. And I was like, ah, that's kind of funny. That's that's my line. <laughs> that's what I teach. I teach people to lighten up their hands so they can not ride like a robot. So yeah. it's really funny that you're repeating my words to me. Because those are my words. That's yeah. what I teach people. And that I've taught everyone that's, so that's taught my class in two days that they need oh to have heavy gosh, feet and light hands. so funny. Well, <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe he had a, a girlfriend, wife, whatever, at the, as part of Women's Weekend, part of the clinic. So yeah. maybe, maybe she retained that. It all worked out. I mentioned it, yeah. Yeah. It's universal. It's going to work with right. men, women. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing it, yep. and, and thank you for making time to do it, making mind space to do it. For sure. I, I know it's been a tough weekend, so. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for not letting me do this tomorrow, yesterday, because I. Yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was spent yesterday. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Absolutely. No. I'm glad we did it when we did it. It's been a. For sure. A, a good, comfortable time to do it. Yeah, and thanks to anybody that listened and and tuned in because yeah. I like sharing my story, and I hope I can inspire other people to share what they're good at too. You will. I can promise you that well, you already are. But, <laughs> but yeah, through the podcast, yeah, you will. Sweet. All right. Thank you, Carly. Yeah, you're very welcome. <laughs>